funny and outspoken Busy Phillips tells us why she doesn't want to work with men ever again. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, everybody. It's me. It's Busy Phillips. And this is Busy Phillips is doing her best. And what I'm doing my best at this week is that I'm trying to make this sound like a legitimate podcast. Does it? (laughs) Is this working? (laughs) Do I sound like somebody who belongs in your ears? If the answer is yes, please reach out, like, and subscribe, and tell all your friends. And most importantly, please download. Download the fuck out of this, because that's (laughs) how we're going to get ad support. So I hope that you like this tone in my voice, because if this is successful, you better believe that this is how I'm going to talk for the rest of all time. <laughs> how was that? It, I mean, it, I don't, I'll be interested to hear the feedback on it. Okay. I'll be interested. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. I think you, I think a little bit, well, first of all, I, I'll introduce myself this week. This is great. It's, it's me, Casey. It. I'm here. Uh-huh. I've been here every week. I've had perfect, yeah. perfect mm-hmm. attendance so far. Um, busy, <laughs> busy <laughs> friend, Casey St. Ange. Mm-hmm. Um, Casey, how do we know each other? How do we know each other? <laughs> we know each other through our dear friend, Paul F. Tompkins, who's one of my You know favorites. you're my third photo on Instagram. Yeah, Ever. I know. that It's such a bad photo, but it makes me so happy. I was in like a very rough place at that time. My health was really bad <laughs> at that time. But we took a photo together because we took the photo to be like, hey, Paula Tompkins, we're together. Yeah, he was, and I posted like, it for my 250 Instagram followers. Yes, yeah. And I was working at Watch What Happens Live, and you were a mm-hmm. guest on Watch What Happens Live. And, um, yeah. And so that's how we know each other. And he's like, he's one of those kind of people. If you don't know Paula Tompkins, you should know him. He's like, I've worked for some of the most, I mean, I'm not, I'm not bragging. Everybody hates a bragger. So I'm not bragging because everybody loves me. I think that's, is that true? That's universally known. I think Um, it is true. (laughs) Um, I actually do. Oh, thanks. That's nice. I was joking, but maybe it is true. But I've worked for some of the Mm. most famous comedians in the world. And Paul Tompkins, Mm -hmm. I think, Mm -hmm. is one of the most talented comedians I've ever known on the planet. And No one makes um, me laugh harder than Paul F. Tompkins, ever. Yeah, yeah. That's just if that's a fact. He's he's one of the most talented comedians, but one of the most wonderful things is, and I think this is true about the most talented comedians, because I've known... Mm. Uh, a lot of very, very talented comedians is that he's also really generous with how funny he finds other people. He's not Correct. stingy about it yes. at all. A la- he's a laugher. Yeah. If he thinks you're funny, he's going to fucking laugh. Yeah. And you know who else is like that is Steve Agee. Yes. Yeah. My friend Steve, who's fucking so funny, but also a generous laugher and and genuinely enjoys. It's not like it's not performative with either of those. No. Dudes, they genuinely find other people interesting and funny, and they're listening, yes. which is key. Yeah, guys, here's someone that uh, I've listened to my whole fucking life. It's true. <laughs> it's, it's my sister. True. The game on this podcast, on this episode of Busy Phillips is doing her best, <laughs> is to tell our voices apart. Now, yeah. I guess it's like 
a little bit of a trick because I do have a better microphone than you right now. So yeah, you do. So I think people are going to be able to distinguish the two of us. But. And Leanne is our guest co-host. She has a different name than you. Her name is Leanne. She's busy. That's Leanne true. Dolan. So there is, there's more than oh, one. Wait, should I not say her last name? Does it matter? I, people know my last name. I was a producer on your show. Oh, she but, was a producer. She was a It's not producer. a secret. It's not She's like, not in the witness protection no. program. Because I literally don't know anything anymore. I'm not I, you're kidding. Right, I could I've, be. I could be in the witness protection. I am not. No, I just mean like socially, like I feel like everybody's like forgotten how to do everything. Yeah, you're not We had, oh, speaking of which, okay, so big week, big week, huge, huge. Girls 5 Eva came out last week, guys. I don't know if you've watched it yet. It's my favorite thing ever. I love it so much. Um, But I had some of the producers, some of the cast members that could come over to here, my house here in New York Mm -hmm. City the night that the show premiered on Peacock um and everyone who was coming was fully vaxxed and Tina and Jeff Tina Fay and Jeff Richmond guys uh brought Mm. their children and had their kids tested before they came you know what I mean so like everybody was everyone was here my kids were tested so everybody was here so we could have like a gathering not unlike Magic the Gathering, I think. Yeah, um, no, that's that very similar. very unlike it. To- oh, I don't know. I don't know I, what Magic I, the Gathering is. I feel is. like you've never played it, but it's very <laughs> different. Yeah, I just yeah, don't yeah, know yeah, what yeah. it is. Yeah. Okay, anyway. But, you know, I do like Magic, and this was a gathering. It was a magical so, gathering. Yeah, It was yes. a magical gathering. So, anyway, so we had, like, Ruby Rosa. We ordered pizzas. And, um, and Milk Bar, coincidentally, had sent me some, like, Mother's Day goodies. And I was just, like repurpose for the party mm-hmm. obvi i'm not okay. gonna like yeah you know, 100% yeah. yeah i didn't need to order dessert it showed up there you go um and yeah and we had like some tequila drinks and uh and it was so weird to have a gathering of people in my house it was probably like i'm going to say there were 20 people total wow wow no i felt like Crazy. I would have been nervous. Yeah. I would have been nervous. This. Well, I have, you know, we actually are, are super lucky here and we have this really cute backyard space and it was a beautiful day. So I was like, so the party will just be outside. But everybody was like, you know how they do gather around the hearth. And they, <laughs> everybody was like in the kitchen, mm-hmm. even though I like put the food down, you know, like I moved the food where I wanted the people to be, but people were just like so excited to be, I think- Together. At, uh, together. A thing. Yeah. A thing. You guys, I felt nuts. And I do think, I just want to say this, because after also traveling to Arizona this past weekend and seeing the amount of maskless people and just like indoor dining and like clearly not giving four fucks about the pandemic. Yeah. Right. I do want to say, maybe people listening to this podcast are living in a, an alternate reality than some other people in this country have been living Maybe. I don't know who you are at home. I don't know all of you. I know a few of us and I know Casey and I know my sister mm-hmm. and I know me and I know the 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 kind of protocols that we all have taken during the pandemic and been varying degrees of of very intense about it. But I like I, 
I, it, it was very wild to have this party, but it was yeah. really exciting and everybody had a nice time and, oh, oh, but this was my whole point. At a certain, at a certain point, Eric Gurian's uh, partner, Victoria was like, I'm really hungry. Like I do need to eat. And I, she's breastfeeding, you know, cause yeah. they have the baby now. So I was like, oh my God, Victoria. I mean, there's all this food you have to go get some. She's like, why is no one eating all this food? And like the party had been going on for almost two hours. It was like eight, <laughs> almost eight 30. And I had all this, I had had all this food since like six forty five put out. And I was like, guys, everyone forgot. Like we were all so excited to just be in the same space with other people. Mm-hmm. Like no nobody, one ate, no one took to any, do. no, and no one knew, knew what to do. And I was like, guys, there's food. Like, please eat. Like, I feel like people aren't eating because they're just all so excited. And then right. Tina, go, Tina goes, yeah. And also you forgot to throw a party because you didn't tell anyone that there was food right there. And I was like, oh, Right. <laughs> That's on me. That well, on I me. talked about this on the podcast is that I went to like a dinner party. Of, oh, your dinner uh, party of all next <gasps> ladies. And I fucking talked the entire time. Like uh, Leanne, I don't know if you listened to that podcast, yeah. but like I talked the ears off of like five oh. vaccinated ladies. Like oh. I talked like I never had talked before in my life and like so much so that I texted and apologized because I only knew one of the ladies and so I texted to apologize to all of the ladies the next day to be like I am so sorry I've never talked that much in my entire fucking life and like like one of the ladies was a stand-up comedian one of the ladies was like a journalist who's on the radio and has a podcast and I talked (laughs) the entire time nobody got a word in edgewise so I am already wary of like the first you know social gathering social gathering and this week i hope he doesn't mind me saying but this week we are having someone to our house a vaccinated person to visit my son it's Mm. his first thing just one person yikes and it's his first thing of having someone in the house and so you know we're getting ready for that and it's gonna be low-key but then my husband just ran into another friend of ours and she was like what are you up to and he mentioned oh we're gonna have one person and she was like listen not to like tell you your business or whatever but if it's like important to him you might want to do like a practice run with someone else because I just did my first thing and I made a fucking fool out of myself like I blurted out (laughs) so many things that I should not have said this is like we should be doing okay because listen I'm not even getting you people. And also then people did not want to leave. Like at a certain point I was like, Guys, oh, yeah. I have to put my kids to bed. Like I, you gotta get the fuck out. Like bye. <laughs> that I started this party early on purpose. Six, six thirty PM yes. call time for a party is an early that's, call. That's, early. that's like an at, 11 or 12. You go home. Dude, yeah. At 11 or 12. Leanne. That's a lot. I yeah, you're right. You're right. Eleven thirty. That's like a twelve. That's like a full work day. That's a that's a yeah. full thing. People were there till like twelve thirty one in the morning. I was like, guys, I cannot. I don't that's even know what this is. We were flying to Arizona the next day to surprise my parents, and I was like so hung. Also, I decided wildly to drink every kind of alcohol there was, like of I course. was in college. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that Aperol spritz sounds great. I'll have that. Thank you. The tequila drink looks amazing. Oh, what is that canned rosé that we advertise? I love that. I'll just have a can of that. And I woke up the next morning and I was like, oh, no, this is a I have a I'm like a college student with a hangover. What is happening? 
Anyway, needless yeah, to we say, were, it was we fun. It was fun. We were nervous about um, like the whole the whole weekend that you were coming into town because I'm not kidding you. We have not gone anywhere. Like I haven't been at the airport. I have not been out. Like being at a hotel was like we were thinking about like, well, you know, are all the people vaccinated that work on the hotel? Like the kids literally have not left the house. Well, here's what I'm going to say. So, guys, if you saw my Instagram, I posted the vid of me surprising my parents and Leanne's adorable children. I mean, (laughs) little Bob. Little Bob. Oh, do you not? Hi, Auntie Busy. His name's Lil Bob. Bob. Lil Snazzy. Old Snazzy Snazzy. is what I call him now. Old Snazzy is his new nickname. He was the sweet, he's the fucking cutest kid. Anyway, um, for a while, this is just an aside, guys. For a while, you know, because Leanne and, um, her husband and their kids live in Arizona close to my parents. And and like for a while after Bob was born, he's five now. I was like, it's like this patriarchal thing. Like everyone is just like always talking about Bob and like this baby, like how cute he is. And it's just like we all, you know, Leanne has an older yeah. daughter, Josie. I have two, you know, kids, Birdie and Cricket. And no one gets as much play as Bob, Bob, it's just so patriarchal. Like, I fucking hate it. Yeah. And then, and Mark's like, yeah, it's such, it's so weird. And then we spent literally four and a half minutes with little Bob. Bob. And we were, and I was yeah. like, I'm never talking about any, anyone else other than little Bob. <laughs> no. he, is the, he is like a cartoon yeah. character. It's like hanging out with your own fucking cartoon character. He's <laughs> so wild and funny and mm-hmm. cute. Like, you just want to squeeze him all yeah. the time and he's and yeah. he wants to squeeze you back which is the best he does kind yeah. of baby anyway he's not a baby he's five the point being leanne was picking us up at the airport oh the video we surprised my parents mm-hmm. um in scottsdale which was super exciting and uh I had planned it with Leanne and we were also nervous about hotel stay and my parents, even though we're all vaccinated. Right. Um, But my parents live in like a community and they don't have, you guys, you're going to be like, fuck you. No, but they, they don't have their own pool. This is Arizona guys. It was 105 every day. Like, you know, people have pools. So my parents don't have their own pool. And I knew with how hot my kids get, that we needed a pool, but then a hotel pool seemed very scary to me because obviously my children aren't vaccinated. So we found this hotel in Scottsdale that had these like private villas that had their own, it was their homes. They're not, they're like private houses that are attached to the hotel. They're, they were prohibitively expensive, but this is like (laughs) such a wild Thing. I am 41. I'm going to be 42 years old, June 25th. Very I have soon. been, you guys, are you ready for this? I have had an American Express card since Freaks and Geeks. Yes. So 1999, I opened my American Express account. I have never once redeemed my points. Wow. The, yeah, Whoa. that's right. That's right. Until this past weekend when I blew them all. Yeah. But honestly... Honestly, yeah, I felt like it was worth it. So essentially, yeah. we got this incredible three-bedroom, mid-century modern home in 
Paradise Valley, Arizona, with its own pool and tennis court. Mm-hmm. But that was like attached to the hotel. So we got room service and like <laughs> amenities, you know. It did look very cool. It was so cool. It and was I great. used my American Express points for the first time ever in my life. And I've never done it. Yeah. And now I understand points are amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you must. I'm. I just bought a very luxurious toilet with just a couple years worth of points. So wait, you can buy a fucking toilet with points? Yeah, I just bought a really fancy toilet with like a couple years of points. You guys, okay? I, you guys, I use my debit card, so I don't. Why don't you you get points? You can buy anything with points. points. I've bought so many things. I've bought purses with points. Guys, I want points. I, bought, I want points. Why don't you have an American Express card? You just I have to don't. pay it as you don't. No, I don't. Oh. No, I use my debit card. Literally, mm. like I I don't because I don't trust I you know what? I don't trust myself enough. I don't tr- I know look, I'm older than you are, right? And I yes. don't trust myself enough to don't not just be like, oh I'll pay, I'll pay it next month or whatever. Well, no, but American so, Express you can't. You have to pay oh, it every just, month. It's like it's it. like it's like a week slower than a debit card. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, like exactly. a debit card yeah. comes out right away. American Express comes out like a couple weeks later. You got to pay it like And you have in, to pay it. You can't like that's why like yeah, like big 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 purchases you can't put I mean, if, I mean if you have the cash you can, but well, I mean, you can't put it on your American Express because You can't let it ride. You have to Right pay it anyway whatever the point being but don't you have like a credit card that gets like airline points or something no i do everything i do everything with debit i don't i don't have any credit cards because i just don't want i don't want to keep track of it i don't want to deal with it it's probably smart but you're on like the flintstones clams method you're just like clams clams whatever you don't have the clams you're not buying it if clams aren't there it's not gonna happen but here's what i'm gonna say it's interesting because you are paying that interest rate right Right. I'm not good at math, guys. I don't fucking know. I'm not well, an economist. But you are paying an interest rate. So it's almost like, is that interest rate worth it for these points? Or if you had, like, not paid the interest rate, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We should have, like, a financial literacy guest oh, on at oh some point. Oh, my God. Yes. We should have the budget need budget nista the budget nista on i just did this like really interesting thing with her and she's so fascinating and i love her and she was a teacher who then in 2008 like the floor fell out she lost everything she had to move back in with her parents at age 30 and she was like never again and she like figured all this stuff out and she's like yeah basically like financial stuff is like tailored for women to not understand and Mm -hmm. so they make it prohibitively difficult yeah make it confusing yeah. make yeah. it yes there are so many different ways that it works i used to have like a writing partner that was so so good at all of this stuff and he used to try to explain it to me all the time like how to do the stock market how mm-hmm. to accrue points on your credit cards all different types of things leanne you do couponing right you used yeah. to do couponing yeah you were like okay, an extreme coupon couponer you were an extreme I couponer a, a couponer yeah, it's yes. I was an extreme couponer. Um, <laughs> couponier, a, a couponier, I think is what the mm-hmm. word is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, it's actually really. It, it was actually really easy. A lot of the now, a lot of the stores have changed their policies and okay. don't double coupons anymore. So it's it's very hard, and it really is 
you really have to be committed to it. So you got to get the paper. You got to you got to have your files and file them all up. Um, Wait, but are people it, it, not it, electronic it, anymore? I mean, like okay, did- so okay, but that's the thing. There's electronic mm-hmm. and there's paper, and sometimes you can combine them, and sometimes you can't. And if you have them on your card, sometimes they take the electronic. But the paper is for more, so you have to be very careful. It got, it got to be a lot. Again, it's a lot. I'm trying to simplify my life, right. so uh, so that got to be a lot too. But so my point I, uh, is, you're yeah. you are very very smart. Leanne is very smart, and she can oh, do you. anything. I think that Leanne. <laughs> In a perfect world, Leanne would be a private investigator because she can find <gasps> anyone on this yeah. planet, in my opinion. She can it's find crazy. anyone on this planet and convince them to go anywhere and do, like, any wild <laughs> stunt. It's, you know what? It's true. It's true. It is true. It's true. We can talk it's more about that. It's going to be my that. second act. That's going to be my second yes. act. But my point is that I think that you could probably do any of this points, any of this, any type of investing or whatever, because like you're able to understand couponing. All I bring this up to say is that it's really nice to like have unexpected free shit that maybe you already paid for in some way, shape or form, but it feels nice that it was like this real fancy house that I never would have splurged on because it was like stupid but my entire family it was like big enough that my entire family could come over my you know Mm -hmm. my sister and her family and my mom and dad and like everyone could hang out and the kids could play and it didn't feel cramped and Mark could like grill out like an Airbnb I guess yeah but it was free because it was really you know what truthfully Biz it was really really like I don't think I have seen our mom smile like that in Aww. such a long time. I mean, well, you know, this has been, it's been hard on everyone, you know. Casey's, for, but Casey hasn't seen her mom the same amount. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's been a long time. Yeah. It was a, it was like a year and a half for us. Mom kept yeah. telling people it would had been almost two years. I was like, mom. <laughs> No, I feel like that. I know. Yeah, because I, I know. think uh, most people probably who live like far from their parents hadn't seen them since the holidays. Like they're mm-hmm. probably expecting to see their parents over the summer, and then right. you know. So yeah, so yeah. it was a year and a half a for us, but and yeah. my kids, and it is weird. Like for grandparents, like Mark's mom said, "Oh God, I don't want to cry." Mark's mom said the saddest like most heartbreaking thing last weekend when we were with them because we got to see them. You know, I talked about it last week. Um, And she was looking at my kids and was like, this thing, this thing robbed us of such precious time. And it made me really sad. Yeah. Like she was just talking about being able to spend time with these kids because she is aware like it's not going to be that they're not going to have that much longer you know yeah yeah to spend with them and we don't live close to them and you know so those few visits a year that we would get having those taken away for a year and a half were felt really really terrible for um everyone and my kids, too. I mean, could you believe Birdie hugging my mom? The second Birdie saw me, they just ran and they wanted to hang out with Bob. 
mm-hmm. all weekend. Well, that was really cute. Like the little little Bob and Birdie had a bond, and little Bob was like, "Where'd that other one go? I want to hang out with the bigger one. Oh, <laughs> I like that bigger one. Your, where'd where'd that one go? Like oh your friend. Gosh. He's so your friend. Cute. He would he would say to Cricket, "Where'd your friend go? Yeah, where'd your friend go? <laughs> he was so." happy to be around people he knew and he hadn't seen in a long time and people that were closer to his size he literally has not seen anyone we haven't sent him back to school so he hasn't been at school and for him to be with these people is arizona open what's the deal Arizona is open. Our governor, our governor, kind of sent everybody back, forced everybody back, whether or not they were ready. Idiot! What's that fucking recall fucking bullshit happening there? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, if you uh, if you do an audit and it doesn't come out the way you want it, evidently in Arizona, you can just keep doing it until it comes out the way you want it. So Mm. uh, there are people who are auditing. a company that's run by some QAnoners are auditing, quote unquote, auditing all the ballots. They're testing the ballots to see if there's any bamboo in them because uh, there was a rumor that a whole bunch of ballots from Asia were flown to Arizona. And the way that they know that is that there's bamboo in it. Oh, my God. In the ballots. Oh, my God. So that's what they're looking for, too. The idiocy. Um, You know. Jesus. Welcome to Arizona, guys. Welcome to Arizona. It's just like, it's so, it's it's ridiculous because they're, like, they're just so empowered, I guess, by, I don't know. I hate it. It's a lot. It's a lot. Um, Okay. So, anyway, we surprised my mom. Everybody cried. It was fun. I used points. There was a lot of tears. Uh, <laughs> well, is, was, that, is that sort of like what you feel like you were doing your best at this week? Um, I I think that I think being a daughter, I was I was I was being the best daughter I could be. <laughs> not the best daughter ever. Not Leanne. the best daughter of my mom. No, Leanne. I think that's oh. great. That's wonderful. Oh no, I was being a great daughter this week. Good. Yeah, uh, I. I don't know. I've had so much, ha- like so many different things happening this week. It's it's difficult to keep everything straight in my brain. I'm really proud of the show and I'm really excited that it's out. I'm really excited that people like seem to love it as much as they seem to love it. And it's a different experience for me. And I also was like really happy that I had decided to like go surprise my parents and take the kids to Arizona because I do feel like on the weekend that the show came out, like I just instinctually knew that a distraction would be a welcome relief for me. So I like followed that instinct following instincts. I'm going to give myself some credit for following instincts. It's how I got the job in the first place. (laughs) I like truly followed my instinct about surprising our parents and then followed my instinct in looking into those American Express points. <laughs> I'm serious. You guys, I mean, like, seriously, think again. about it. It had never occurred to me before. I love free shit. Yeah. And it had never occurred to me before. And then I saw that, that like, 
villa thing with the tennis court. And I was like, oh, shit. And then thought to go on the American Express app. I literally have never done it. And I found out how many points I had. And I was like, oh, wait, and where? And I can use them there. I called American Express Travel. And you know what's so weird is that Sarah Bareilles and I were on the phone and we're talking and she was telling me about this thing that she's doing soonish or whatever. She's going somewhere. Yeah. And, uh, and she was like, and you know what? I used all of my American Express points. I have been saving them up. Same thing with her. Just coincidentally, we both had the same thought the same week and booked like a trip for free on oh American Express points. If you never checked your American <laughs> Express points, look yes. into it. It's like having a rich uncle you never knew you had die. And I'm fascinated. Leave you, some, leave you a little something in his will. I know. Like, I have friends. Have you ever had friends that have like gone on mile runs? Like people who are really into like airplane miles? My friend Ed Drosty, you know, from the band Grizzly Bear, um, yeah. because he was in that band and he was flown around so much for tra- for tour, like he accrued so many miles, but then he loves traveling. And so then became very invested in that frequent flyer life yeah, and yeah. like the perks that it brings. And he would do mile runs. To like yeah. keep his elite status. Yes. And mile runs, guys, if you don't know, are where you like get these emails that they're like, you'll get triple points if you go to Boise, Idaho in the next two months or whatever. So he would like book mm-hmm. these random ass trips for 24 <laughs> hours That's to so like funny. weird places and like multiple leg journeys so that mm-hmm. he could get like. 200,000 miles in a weekend or whatever. Oh, that's so funny. Our friend John Hodgman's very into his, like, his lounge status, which I'm unfamiliar with, but, like, the platinum versus the diamond lounge. Do you know? (laughs) I don't, but I'm also not a lounge bitch, so I don't know. I don't know. We're not the right people for this conversation, obviously. I just used my American Express points. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. And I'm Casey. a Southwest Airlines girl because it's, you know, like 59 bucks. Yeah. And they don't do they don't do that. Although what they do do is it's per takeoff and landing. So then you get a point. And then if you have like 30 points, then you you get to sign up. You get to be on the A-list. You get a point and, if it lands. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, yeah. You get a point if, it, if, if there's a takeoff and a landing. Okay. Wow. You get a point. So Casey, so Leon's being a daughter, I am following my instincts. What are you doing your best at this week? It was a rough week. We always joke about how I don't keep anything private, how I just like tell everything. But there are some things that I do keep like a little bit. And it's not like, I'm not like a closed book. Some things I do keep quiet. Like I do take some medications. Like I take an antidepressant and I take like an OCD medication. And this week I kind of like something happened. I think one of them or both of them stopped working or the opposite of working. I think that's what's happening. But the reason why I don't really talk about it so much is because not because I'm like embarrassed or ashamed or anything like because I don't think there should be stigma surrounding that. It's because I want to avoid advice. (laughs) 
because I think like I think like it's just people's instinct to like offer you advice and I think it comes from a place of love because people want to fix everything and advice is like the most um natural way to like try to help you to like fix it for you but what it leads to is just people giving like a lot of wacky advice just like um like go out and get some fresh air or whatever and and those aren't necessarily like things that are helpful so those are the reasons why I kind of like just keep that stuff on lock Mm -hmm. but so anyway those medications that I am taking I think weren't working so I kind of have to like adjust that but if you've ever had that happen it's just kind of like a weird situation where you're just like what's happening (laughs) I don't know if you guys have ever had that happen but where you're like is this me or is it is it this medication or is it the situation that I'm in yeah I was gonna say you also you have a confluence of circumstances working against you right now I would say Yes, yes, for sure. And so I just was, that's where I was this week where I was just kind of like, oh God, like, is this, is this me? Is it my situation or is it the medication? And what, what have you tried? What do you think? Um, I'm just trying to like get through it and like figure, you know, figure it out. You can't, and the sucky thing is you can't just like stop taking Mm. whatever it is like you can't you can't just do mm-hmm. that so um but and I've never read that book the body keeps the score but that's oh, all I, I have kept, it right like, over there <laughs> that's what I, I just kept thinking about it because I was like my body was so sore I felt like I got mm. like I felt like talk about getting a point for the plane landing I felt yeah. like I was like braced for impact and then just very very sore like I'd been in a car accident and so then I was just walking around like um I don't know like Nosferatu like I had been like shoved into like a coffin overnight and um so just like just very rough and my family was so nice to me my kid like my my older son zoomed with me for like five hours on mother's day oh well okay wait 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 wait. what i'm just gonna interject what you and eli we talked for like four hours yes okay (laughs) thank you like you're saying this as if like and eli bless but eli is such a good son and lives on the East Coast and does you guys have a standing weekly phone date that sometimes is like three or four hours. Yes, yes, that is true. But Zoom, I feel like is so like exhausting and like my mom was on it. It's just a really long time, but yes. It is, did you have to pay for that? What do you, how does that even work? No, well, I got a Zoom account because of the Mm. podcast. So I guess like technically- Wait, this podcast? Yeah, somehow the podcast will pay for it. We're doing that good? That we're doing that well? I that mean, it's not could, that expensive. No. Okay. I <laughs> it's don't not know. that expensive. Yeah. You know I don't but know. yes, we have, so we have a Zoom I'm account. Teasing. The, 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 um, pod, the podcast Zoom account um, afforded us the, the long Mother's Day Zoom call. And then my son Lincoln, <laughs> my son Lincoln, who you guys, uh, Leanne knows Lincoln and the greatest. I love Busy him. knows oh. Lincoln. And he, the weird thing about Lincoln mm. is that he's really kind of shy. Like he, he's shy, but also like outgoing when the moment calls for it. But he's also like very like secretly funny. Like he, he's very, he's one of the funniest people I know, but he's, he'll only ever be funny. Like, in private to like you one-on-one and one thing that he's really really talented is but again only one-on-one is impressions 
<laughs> so it's very, very rare that he'll bust out an impression. But when he does, like there was one time he was doing impressions in the car when his brother was driving and I was in the back seat and I thought he was going to make his brother crash the car because <laughs> it was making us both laugh so hard. But he just saw that I was like, my body was hurting and I was in such a like a weird place. And he was like, started doing this impression of Joe Biden, which was a, a very good impression. <laughs> But B, like what he was talking about, like it's like the details that he focuses on when he's doing an impression that really make me laugh. And he was like doing an impression of Joe Biden, like on the phone with his dad in heaven, trying to explain to him that he's the president of the United States. Oh, 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 my God. (laughs) And it was making me laugh so hard. And then he was like, then when that like became too much for me, he was like, also, mom in the shower. I came up with this character. Um, I hope you don't mind. And I was like, what would I mind? What character is it? And he was like, it's um, twin Manuel Miranda, Lynn Manuel Miranda's <laughs> evil twin. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just started doing that. And it was very, very funny. Like just exactly a dead on impression of Lynn Manuel Miranda, but just saying like, happily saying like very, very evil things. And it was so funny. It almost made me die. So anyway, (laughs) that's my family did my best for me. And my husband was like, so supportive, just getting the Advil and like, just trying to be like, let's unbend your body. Let's like straighten you out. And you know, Casey, I'm sorry you had such a hard week. I know you've been really like, it's not, I know it's, I, I believe that maybe the medication needs a re-evaluation but mm. also you've just been really stressed and there's been job stuff and other shit and it's just like it's it's all shit but it's also like it's so boring you know what I mean like it's like it's mm. boring to be going through a hard time that's what I feel like mm. like I just feel for people like I feel I feel so bad for people like friends of mine who are also yeah. going through a hard time. And I feel so bad for them when I ask like, how are you? And they're like, Oh, s- shit still isn't good. You know? Mm. And I'm yeah. like, Oh, I'm like, what, would you feel better to like make something up? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I, mm-hmm. I really strongly identify and I know that things will get better, but it's just like, it does just suck. And there are just certain things that you just have to go through. And like, sometimes the thing that you have to go through is just a little longer you know like it's just a little longer and you just have to keep going but it it is kind of like oh when will this be done (laughs) it's almost I do I do think and I think this is relatable because I think that this past year has been you know whatever the fuck this last year has been yeah like it's almost like it's like it's so basic yeah (laughs) <laughs> it's like this Starbucks fucking frappuccino again of misery. Like, right. Ugh, right. Please. That's why I have to say, now I'm sorry to like throw my <laughs> happiness in your face. No, but that's why also like this past week for me was sort of extraordinary in so many ways, which was just like the yeah. joy that I had like the joy that that show gave me like truly you know you like it was a lot of work and it was really fucking hard yes and it was in the middle of the I mean still we're still in the middle of pandemic (laughs) but it was like it was pandemic vibes right and 
then to have it like come out in the world and to be able to celebrate with some of the people that I worked with. Mm-hmm. Like I barely know Meredith Scardino's lower face. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. still getting used to seeing her mouth. Right. Yeah. <laughs> She's right. like, and I worked with her every day for like seven months. And I'm like, that's her mouth. Okay. Yeah. I no, know. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. She's got a beautiful world. mouth, but um, I just like, I don't know. Like that's part of the reason why like, yeah, it felt so good that people responded so wonderfully to that show and everything. But I did have like, it is hard because I did have, I also had uh, like the swing around too, you know, where I was like, it's all going to be taken away any second. It's all going to go away. Again. Yeah. Listen, listen, I was like, I was glad that you went to like go visit your mom because I was worried too. I was worried about you. I was like, okay, this show's going to come out and everybody's going to watch it all at once. And it's mm-hmm. going to be like super exciting. And then mm-hmm. after like, four or five days, then like all the excitement's going to die down. Mm-hmm. And then what? You know what I mean? Like, I, I totally. always yeah. worry. I always worry about friends when they have books come out or when they have movies come out. And like, th- <laughs> this sounds like such a weird thing, I'm sure to like, to everybody. I always worry about friends when they have movies come out because like the weekend <laughs> happens that the movie comes out. But then what about the next weekend? You know, then there's the crash. Yeah. And then there's like the, a little bit of a crash and, and you know, it's just like anything like you worry about like a friend who's like mm-hmm. having a wedding and it's like, they're working toward like this big event and then the events over. So I always, I always think about that. And I also think like though, I don't know, man, like, <laughs> So much happened this weekend. Ben Affleck and J Lo went to yes. went on vacation together. That's ins- that's yeah. Is that ba- is that do you? I mean, is that like is Benifer back? Ben again. Ben, ben again. Ben, ben again. I mean, is that? I I don't know. I kind of want it to be. Everybody Am I the only one that kind Leanne, of? Leanne, okay. Leanne, everybody true. wants it to be. It's I don't true. know. Leanne, I just... follow your instincts. Everybody wants it to be. <laughs> I will, Ben. Somebody I asked will. a guy friend of ours asked on Twitter, like, why is this? This is exciting to me. Why is this exciting? And I was like, because it makes us young again. Mm-hmm. It, it automatically yeah. means we're all like, you know, twenty years younger. Seventeen years. Seventeen ago. years younger. You know. Yeah. But yeah, it's true. And Michelle Collins did have a great take on it, which is like he does look hotter. He looks like hotter already. Already, just one week. How is that possible? Just one week hanging out with her in Montana. Um, I don't know. I I mean, probably HGH if we're being real. But uh, (laughs) yeah, that's true. Oh wait, you guys, guess what? My Health Magazine cover came out today. Oh, Oh, that's exciting. Um. And I mean today by as in tomorrow, because this is, that's <laughs> right, when this podcast right. will be released. <laughs> um, but the funniest thing in the health magazine, they sent me over the like PDF of the thing, right? Like so I could yeah. take a look at it. Wait, hold on. Mm-hmm. I got to pull it up so I can tell you because it made me laugh real fucking hard. Wait, didn't I send, did I send it to you, Casey? No. I didn't. I haven't seen no. it. The bi- like the like byline thing in the uh, front of the thing. No. Like in front of the thing. Busy, speak English. Get words. Vocab. Okay. So, you know, like, you know, it's like the cover of the magazine. It's real pretty. Yeah. Um, right. I'm into it. And then, you know, like when you go to the article, right? Like it has that like little, little 
funny or like the little thing that like says, yeah, like da, the, da, sub- da, 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 the whatever. subheading. Okay. Are you ready for mine? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Funny and outspoken, Busy Phillips tells us why she doesn't want to work with men ever again. <laughs> oh, wow. The wellness okay. lesson she's still trying to learn and much more. But just like that in and of itself made me <laughs> lol ever so again. hard. I was like, where's the lie? Truly, where's the lie? But also like to see it like that in print just <laughs> really made me laugh. That is hilarious. Um, Ever again. Yeah, we did like so today. I'm still doing press. We did Drew Barrymore show. I don't know when the fuck that airs. We did uh I did watch what happens live with Amber Ruffin with our friend Amber Ruffin. Uh, oh <sighs> sweet, sweet Amber Ruffin. She's great. Um oh maybe the Drew Barrymore show airs today, May 12th at 9 a.m. Okay. Eastern. Okay. Mm. Sure, sure. Assuming this podcast comes out. Guys, we don't know what's happening. We don't know. We um, might be a little late because of like travel schedules. So sorry if it. we are. I had so many things that I was like, make sure we talk about. Oh, yes. This is it. I fucking finally remembered. Okay. So obviously big week for me. Yeah. This past week. Like huge. Mm-hmm. And yes. on top of everything, we all pretend like it doesn't fucking matter. But it does when everybody loves a thing. Like it actually yeah. does matter. Yeah. Like you get real excited. Yeah. yeah. And I've been fortunate enough in these reviews that have come out, all of them, that people are being extremely nice to me and my and my character work. Yeah. <laughs> my space work. Yes. My, Your space my work. prop work. The yes. my work with props. Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. whatever. No, they've been like people have been really nice to me in these reviews and stuff, right? Yeah. So I mean, and like never, honestly, honestly, and I've been involved in like some huge, incredible things in my career. Never in my life have I had this experience where it's just like overwhelmingly supportive of the show and of my character and other people's characters on the show too. Yeah. So last Tuesday night, I was washing my face and I was like, ouch, my nose hurts. Ow, my nose really hurts. Like the side inside of my nose. I was like, oh, feels like I have like this pimple in my face. You guys, this is got this is like for me, this is the universe. The week that I have, like literally best career week of my life. That Hollywood Bowl performance, the live stream I with mean, Sarah Bareilles, yeah. which we didn't even talk about. Like, and oh. I wanted to talk about that. Like, I couldn't talk about it at the time because we were Holding it, guys, I wasn't in Los Angeles this past week. It was tricky, yeah. It was tricky. We had to pre, because of COVID and everything, we had to fly in like a month ago, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to, I couldn't talk about it on the podcast because I was, I'm like, this is Sarah's thing. And like, they, she had a whole plan for announcing it with her live album. And I obviously like was so thrilled to just be a part of it. Um, But then getting to see like the live stream airing, Sing it like so. Seeing myself sing at the Hollywood Bowl because I hadn't seen it until Friday. Girls yeah. Five Eva coming out. People that I have known for years and really respected their work, like emailing me, texting me, Aww. like reading reviews Yay. and be having things sent to me, and like people mention it, whatever. I just was like, this is the fucking best. And then the universe was like, on Tuesday night, they were like, we see what's about to happen. And so yeah. we are going to give you legit the worst 
zit you <laughs> ingrown hair slash abscess that you've ever had in your life. And we're going to put it inside your nose, like up in a place where like, A, you're never going to be able to, you can't pick it, babe. Like it's not possible. And B, yeah. you're going to have to be on antibiotics for like a week because it's so bad. So you guys, today's <laughs> interview, <laughs> I had to go to the dermatologist last Thursday because it was so painful. My entire nose was, Casey, how bright red was my nose? I Well, you must have had good makeup because I didn't really notice how red your nose was in anything. Casey, but- I'm going to send you a picture, a screenshot I took of our interview with Renee. And this is how I know your your medicine is off. <laughs> because Leanne, okay, this is, guys, not a joke. Cricket started calling me Rudolph the Red-Nosed Mom. Oh, like, wow. in like a sweet, In like a sweet way? Like a cute okay. way. All right. By the okay. time I got to Arizona, Leanne, I had been on antibiotics for like three days and the dermatologist had like given, it was... You guys, I cannot explain to you the throbbing pain of whatever the fuck had happened inside my nasal inside your nose. cavity. Oh, no. Anyway, but I do feel like it sort of is like, that's who I am. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like, it's like I like yeah. have this, all this excitement and this super fantastic week and career-wise, n- I never thought I wanted to act again and then like get this thing kind of sort of just presented to me in this incredible way. And I'm like, oh my God, this is my dream. And then have this magical experience. And then my nose is throbbing in pain for (laughs) the entire time. Anyway, whatever. I'll post a picture. You'll see. It wasn't great. Did it make you rethink that you never wanted to act again? Is it that you just didn't want to? Is it that you wanted to act so much, but you just didn't want to deal with Nose zits? The rest of it. The rest no, of it. No, the rest yeah. of it. And I mean, nose zits are like, yeah, that's Part of it. painful. Yeah. That's the fallout. But yeah. Well, what do you mean? Like, if you took everything else out of it, if you took the business out of it, mm-hmm. if everybody just got to do what they wanted to do and paychecks weren't part of it and egos weren't part of it and it, like, if everybody just got to do what they dreamed of doing, and everybody was like supported, would acting be what you right. chose to do? Did you really want to give it up? Or was it just like, you want to give up the rest of it? All of the stuff well, that goes the tra- with it. No, the business in and of itself is terrible. That's, yeah. yes. And that's what you're saying. And Casey, sure. you know that from experience. Yeah. But I will say that like my sort of revelation about not, wanting to deal with the business anymore, coinciding with monetizing my Instagram, having other streams of revenue, doing more commercially based jobs, like my, you know, spokespersonship with Olay or whatever, like allowed me the freedom because I was like, oh, I'm still making money in a way that like, feels not so far off from the thing that I like to do. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't have to subject myself to the part that makes me feel like garbage, which is what I think is my issue. (laughs) Right. Well, I mean, if, if here, all things being, but, but, but 
if I hadn't had that, ex- like if I hadn't had the experience that I had, I don't know if I ever would have gotten to the place where I was like, all I want to do now and all I will do from here to fo- here on is make things and be a part of things that I want to watch or or my friends want to see. Do you know what I mean? Like just yeah. Yeah. be a part of of making things for us. It's very interesting. Like here you got to be a part of a project where you didn't have to go through a grueling audition process for this. And that mm-hmm. was lucky because you happen to be friendly I mean, with the, Tina and she knows your work and, you know. But, but the thing so is, you, like, other people did audition for this. Like, for not people on our cast. Yes, but yes. I do know that, like, people were vying for the role of Summer before. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. And oh, so that, pa- that part yeah, was that lucky. Yeah, that sucks. I know, that but part, that sucks for them. Like, I hate this business in that way. Like, yeah. I hate that idea of... God, that somebody is going to be heartbroken that they didn't get it, you know? Well, that part was lucky. But then when you get past that part, nobody like came and told you guys like, oh, you're too fat. You're too ugly. You have to like Mm -hmm. get plastic surgery. Mm -hmm. This is going to be boring to people because not enough men are in it. What And like, and then you made this show that like is being really well received by people and people think it's really funny and it just shows what you can do when Mm -hmm. you're sort of left alone. You're sort of left alone. Here's what happened. Like, I do think that the COVID of it all was to like our detriment in some ways, like because it was so hard. I have said that like I was, I've never worked harder in my life on a show. Try, you guys try to learn, try to dance for two hours wearing a fucking mask (laughs) and learn dance, like learn (laughs) choreography and sing while you're waltzed wearing a mask because there's like a COVID protocol person in the corner. Right. That's like, if you, take your mask down they're like mask up please and you're like yes okay. yes i will put that mask right on up <laughs> anyway bless they kept us all safe however right. it was difficult physically taxing it was emotionally like it was your brain is like constantly concerned about like staying alive and doing a creative thing whatever right but the covid of it all did keep i think a lot of the cooks out of the kitchen Right. Like, because I do think that Meredith and Tina and like the rest of the production, like producers and stuff and directors were kind of just like and us like we're kind of just left alone in a in a way like I made some fucking wild choices daily about my (laughs) character. Yeah. And in a way, like I think on any other show, you would get like executives being like, is her voice too weird? Does she right. sound too drunk? Is she like not skinny enough? Like, should we ask her to, you know, but I think because mm-hmm. of COVID and everybody's like concerned, you know, they couldn't be there in person. They couldn't, I think it just like, yeah, we did kind of just get to make it a little bit in a vacuum. So that was, that's nice. I know I do. I just, but like, here's the thing, like, but then you just need money. You need money to make stuff. That's right. the problem. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they still like, even though we know that like women our age are like the number one buyers, household buyers, 
they still like don't fucking make shit for us necessarily. Well, right. that goes back to like what we were talking about recently, which is that, you know, no, no, no one's going to do that because that would be exchanging patriarchal power in to make financial power. And they'd rather hold on to patriarchal power instead they of literally gaining. don't even care. They don't care. Yeah. They don't want yeah. the money. Right. They just want to remain in theoretical control. And right. I say, fuck them. <laughs> anyway. Uh, there you go. So guys, I talked a lot about myself and Girls by Baba. Well, that's okay. It was a big week. It was, it was a big, a big week. week. And busy, honestly. Like, I mean, I've seen everything you've done. And this is like, I've watched, I've watched this over and over again. It's so Funny, funny. Thank you. It's so good. Like, I'm really this is proud of it. So good. It's literally like the culmination. It's so funny, and you know, it's kind of even goes back to that Benifer, Ben and and J Lo, ba- whatever. It's just like <laughs> I think that's just something we need. I, I don't know. I don't know these things, but it's just something we need right now. You know, we have been talking about like how hard it's been, and to just like turn it off and watch Girls Five Ever. Well, that just makes you smile. It just makes like it just makes your heart happy. I like it. I mean, I like it for a few reasons, but I do also it is the thing that Casey and I have always talked about, too, in terms of like the kind of stuff we want to make, which I think like Meredith and Tina like are very much in line with, which is this like sort of subversive way to like you can be really funny and you don't have to be heavy handed. But there is like a real fucking core message in the show about like agency and being a woman and being Mm -hmm. specifically like a woman of our generation, the Mm -hmm. three of us, I'm talking about Gen X guys. I'm talking about Gen X. Yes. Gen Gen X. X. The unseen forgotten generation, you know, yep, the Jan Brady of generations. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyway, I am so grateful for all the support you guys. If you watched it, if you loved it, thank you. If you didn't watch it, you should probably figure out how to get Peacock. I know it's confusing. I don't know how to do it myself, but somebody in your life can help you figure it out. I promise. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, hey, by the way, we never got the update. Did you drop the mosquito pellets in your neighbor's yard? No, I've just been like, I haven't had a chance because I've just been 24-7 on this project. I literally, I'm I'm longing to go for a walk to drop the mosquito pellets, but I have... Casey, I'm, I gotta say, I'm a little disappointed. <laughs> I really wanted you to... I really, I really wanted, wanted the update. To. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I might get mm. a chance to do it this afternoon. I'll let you guys okay, know. Okay, I hope you do. Yeah. I think that would be good for your soul. Yeah, I think so too. What I'm if you found to- out that it was like all just like... West Nile virus, and that's why oh you felt god. weird. Oh my god! I, I'd actually be <laughs> happy. Is what is wrong with me? What is wrong with me? <laughs> what? Why? I'd no. be happy to have like you a see, like an answer. You know, mm. as long as it wasn't yes. something that would kill me. You know, as long as it was solvable. Yeah. But do you guys um, think that that's a thing? Like, like having a label for something makes things easier, right? I can tell you one hundred percent. Really, that it does. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Okay. It's just yeah. always nice to know that you're not like imagining something. You yeah, know? you're not crazy. It mm-hmm. it exists. Yeah, uh, and I'm not. I'm obviously not going to go into too much detail. But why do you say obviously? Some... Why do you say obviously? 
Oh, I'm obviously not going to because it's not you my know me. You know me so well. I'm obviously not going to go into <laughs> too much detail, but because it's not my story to tell. But we've had, you know, we've had some some issues outside of coronavirus in the past year in my family, and we went to the doctor and we had a whole bunch of tests, and and we found out what was ailing uh, one of my kids, and um, it just took a huge weight off like it was it it was like a light shone from the heavens and was like no it's okay like you guys can deal with this but when you know when I have to mention it uh you know people will say to me like oh my god I'm so sorry and I'll say no 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 you don't understand like don't be sorry we're happy like we know what it is now and we can deal with it yeah it's it's life changing. It's helpful. It's life changing. Here's what I'm going to say, and because I think this also, like what's happening in my sister's family, is not doesn't have to do with mental health issues. But like I do think that I I keep returning to that interview we did with the with Dr. Harold from Child Mind Institute yes. about how mm-hmm. parents wait so long they don't want anything to be wrong with their wrong quote. I'm putting in quotes. Yes wrong yes with their kid and so they don't find these things out and we had heard my sister and I had heard a story recently of another mom who's like baby like is like wasn't like wasn't speaking and you know and the mom was just like nope fine 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 and it is interesting like I don't know what that thing is between like a parent who's like I'm gonna fucking see this to the end and find out what this, what it is. And like, we're going to deal with it. And the parent that's like, no, 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 everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Except that like, I do think it has to do with stigma. It must have to do with stigma. Yeah. You know, we're also told we're also like overreacting mothers are made fun of and we don't want to be overreacting. Right. But why do we, why do we as as women specifically give so much power mm-hmm. over to like doctors when we instinctually feel a thing and we're like, oh, wait, 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 this is the thing. And we've been like taught to push it down, right? I mean, I think like ours might be, you know, because we were always brought up to be like, uh, you know, Mr. So-and-so who lives next door, like, age age has a certain respect level not for me and, but okay well okay i was um and professions have a certain respect level and you know and i didn't get a medical degree so i don't know what's wrong right um, but now maybe it's like because we all have a webmd right yeah <laughs> i did i left the pediatrician i left the first pediatrician that we had for birdie because you did uh, mhm mhm we had this pediatrician and there was something there, I mean, like you guys, this is a million fucking years ago, but their little belly button nub, <laughs> there was something like over the weekend with the belly button nub and it was like bleeding a lot. And like hmm. the ba- babies are tiny when you bring them home. Like they're right. not, they're, and so like bleeding a lot is like, feels like a lot. Like, you know, like yeah. when you get your period and people are like, it's only two tablespoons of blood or whatever, but you're like, no, I'm pretty sure it's like 14 no. cups. Right. But yeah. like, 
they're, you know, whatever. But they're like, no, it really is only two, whatever. The point being, the Bernie's belly button was like not falling off. And like, I was like, it's not, <laughs> listen to me. I know nothing about anything. Like, I mean, medically speaking. And I'm like, it's not cauterized, right? I'm like, it's not cauterized. I know it. I know it isn't. Like, it's something, <laughs> there's something like not right. Like, cause it's not supposed to be bleeding this much right. at, at five days old. Call the like l- late night number. And the doctor, this old school doctor, pediatrician in the office was on call and literally said to me, you new first time mothers think you have to call for everything. It's a belly button. And that's, but that's why it's this mom shaming. The next day took Birdie in to see the pediatrician and they were like, oh, oh. Yeah, no, this wasn't cauterized correctly. And it's <laughs> like kind of, mm, okay. Yeah, no, should not be bleeding this much. Yeah. That's why it, that's why it looks like. And they re-cauterized it. We left that doctor's office and I was like, and I'll fuck you. And then we went to another doctor. <laughs> we were so lucky with our pediatricians in the city because we had a, just a very nice lady doctor, Camille Senzamichi. Dr. Camille, if you're listening, we love <laughs> you and we miss you. Uh, but she was always like, let me tell you everything that this looks like it could be because I know you're just going to go look on WebMD Ooh, I love that. and see oh. everything because I know that you're very smart people and you're just going to look. But here's what it's not. And so she would just... But she was also just super lovely and Eli loved her because he loved like dark haired ladies and she was a dark haired lady. Um, But, (laughs) and he just, he had this really weird, oh my God, he had this really peculiar like illness one time. It was called erythema multiforma, which it was like, he broke out in these hives that then turned into like these bullseye, like marks on him. I don't like it. I don't like it. I hate it. I hate it turned into weird bruises all over Terrible. his body. It looked oh, no. insane. And she just knew, like, it It literally looked like we, like, threw him down the subway stairs. Mm-hmm. And she, I was so scared to bring him to the doctor. And she was, like, she just knew instantly, like, what it was and explained to us, like, how it probably happened. She was super, super smart. But she was so great. And everyone that worked with her was so great. And when you were talking about that nasty doctor, like, saying that on the overnight line I remember when he was he was just pulling himself up on the um on his high chair when his uh just before his teeth were coming in and he fell down and banged his like gum on the whatever and I called the doctor who was on duty and um I'd never met this guy and I was like my my baby fell and banged his mouth and uh and he's bleeding and he was like okay okay is he bleeding a lot? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, it bleeds a lot, mom. It bleeds anything in the head. It bleeds a real lot. And he was like, but it's okay. And he was like, the the most important thing to do. He was like, get a wet rag. But the most important thing to do, are you alone? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, you need to hold on tight to the baby and sit yourself down. Cause it bleeds a lot. And you might get like wobbly knees. And like, Aww. he was like, he was like, cause that's going to bleed a lot. And he, was like so I just don't want you to get woozy and fall down with the baby and I was like oh thank god he's like taking care of both of us you know he was just just worried that I was gonna like pass out and like you know throw my baby like out the window or whatever 
of a high rise. You did not. Thank <laughs> no, God. No, I didn't. Oh, thank God. We lived in the basement, so it couldn't, it, it would have been. It wouldn't have, it wouldn't have hurt anyone. Yeah, yeah, it would have um, been fine. Well, guys, listen, it's been yeah. a lot. It's been a lot. For all yeah. of us. Quite a journey. Yeah. We have a but really we- nice interview today. Yes. The amazing oh, Renee Goldsberry, who talks about an injury. Um, yes. And guys, I mean, I basically could have used that pediatrician's advice. <laughs> we could have called that guy when Renee got the injury that I caused her. Oh. Um, it's all right. Well, you'll hear more about you'll it. You'll hear about nice, it. It's a little Easter egg for Girls Five. It's Five an Easter fans. egg. It is a. If you've already watched the series, you're gonna want to go back now and watch again. And uh, and I had to wait to tell this story. I want when it happened. Just know, guys. Just know, please. When it happened months and months and months ago, really wanted to talk about it, but because it wasn't my story to tell, Leanne. Thank you. There you go. It wasn't my story to tell. I had to wait until Renee was on the show with me so that we could tell mm-hmm. it together. Because it's our mm-hmm. story together, but it was not my own story no. personally. It's true. Anyway. Yeah. Renee is a delight. She was so great to interview. And I felt like we just had the time off because she just like, we just gave her the ball and she ran with it and entertained the heck out of us. I'm truly obsessed with her. If you can't tell when you <laughs> listen to this interview, she is hands down my favorite person. I love her so much. And she's such a fucking extreme talent. Oh, I mean, she oh, really mind blowing oh. talent. Yeah. Guys, please, please enjoy Renee Elise Goldsberry. Wow. 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 I organically talked about this in my recap of the party that I had at my house. That's right, guys. I cracked open some Bev at my girl's five Eva party. I was serving it left and right. <laughs> I've been bringing yes. it to people's houses too. Like in my, in my, absolutely. As I'm starting to venture out into the world, I always bring a little box of Bev now. I love it because here's the deal. Also at that party, it was perfect. I didn't have to to have like a bunch of bottles of wine open. I was like, what is it that you want? Do you want a rosé, a soft blanc, a pinot gris, a pinot noir? Grab a can, pour it in your glass, goodbye. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't I didn't have to do the work for them. They could do the work. And I didn't have a bunch of like open bottles at the end of the night that I have to end up dumping and wasting precious precious wine juice. <laughs> And supporting female founded and run business, which is like, well, you know that that's the best thing you've also, I talked about on this podcast, why busy Phillips never wants to work with men again. (laughs) (laughs) Bev is a female first canned wine brand that was founded to change not only the way a product is consumed, but the way an industry and a culture have operated for generations. We support them. I drink them. I serve them at my parties. I love them especially the rosé. That's my favorite. The wine is crisp and dry, a little fizzy, super refreshing, delicious, zero sugar, three carbs, 100 calories. It's easy to have one glass of wine, not overindulge. The cans are cute and tiny, but each can is a glass and a half of wine, which is, if you ask me, the perfect pour. So four packs are great for gifting. Casey brings them over to people's houses. 
Bev ships straight to your door. Shipping is always free. Genius. We love them. We worked out an exclusive deal for Busy Phillips is doing her best podcast listeners. Receive 20% off your first purchase plus free shipping on all orders. We suggest trying their best-selling Ladies' Night Variety Pack so you can check out all of their delicious varietals and decide which one's your fave and then order that one on bulk. Go to drinkbev.com slash busy or use code busy at checkout to claim the deal. That's D-R-I-N-K-B-E-V.com slash busy. Guys, if it was good enough for Tina Fey, it's good enough for you. Here's what I love about public goods. I love public goods. Do you know what it is, Casey? Have you gotten yes. it yet? Has it come to your yes. home? Here's why I like it. Clean, simple, everything is calming. There's no like bright colors, mismatched packaging. It just is streamlined. I love the hand soap. Yes. Love it. Yes. And public goods is the one-stop shop for sustainable, high-quality, everyday essentials that are made from clean ingredients at an affordable price. Everything, everything, public goods, everything from coffee, toilet paper, shampoo, pet food. Public goods is your new everything store. It's like a general store. It's like a one-stop shop. It's a one-stop shop. And rather than buying from a bunch of single product brands, public goods members can buy all of their premium essentials in one place with one beautiful streamlined aesthetic. Um, the hand soap is my fave. I've got it in every single bathroom in this home. Um, it's eco-friendly and healthy and uh, innovative. All of their products, they ethically source. They obsessively develop each one to be free of unhealthy ingredients and harmful additives that are so common on drug and grocery store shelves. They're committed to making their products healthy and safe for humans and animals and the planet. Knowing what's in your products and where they come from is important, and small changes in the way we shop can make a big impact on personal health and also the world at large. They use a membership model to keep the costs low and pass on even more savings to you, the customer. And best of all, you can make your first purchase with no obligation to join the club, but you're going to want to join the membership. That wasn't a great song, but... (laughs) Here's my final pitch to you. They plant one tree for every order placed and they incorporate sustainability into every part of the company. So why don't you join hundreds and thousands of others who've switched to their new everything store, which we love. I love getting my public goods delivery. It's so fun. It's like a really cool care package. It is. And you're like, oh, I need this. Oh, I need this. Oh, I'm so glad I have this. Oh, I need this. So we worked out an awesome deal just for our listeners. Receive $15 off your first public goods order with no minimum purchase. What? That's right. They are so confident that you're going to absolutely love their products and come back again and again and again. That, and I'm telling you that they're right. And they're going to give you $15 to spend on your first purchase. You have nothing to lose, literally. So go to publicgoods.com slash busy or Use code BUSY at the checkout. That is P-U-B-L-I-C-G-O-O-D-S dot 
com forward slash busy and you receive $15 off your first order with no minimum. Hi. There's my friend. How are you? Hi. How, are you? How was last night? Uh, it was great. I made it home to love on my kid before. It was his birthday, Casey. Oh, happy birthday. How old? It was, yeah, he's uh, he was 12. He was 12, and I guess he still is today. Oh, uh, he turned 12. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to be home. I'm glad I came home. I, I was yeah. hard to not go out. We never get to go out. We would have, I would have been I able know. to have a drink with them, and we just never get to do that. And But I made the right choice. Yeah. Sometimes... I have to say, we're all three of us here, working mothers. Casey's kids are much older now. Yes. But you Our kids are the home. exact same age, Casey. It's crazy. <laughs> me, me, and, yeah. me and Renee. Is, yeah. yeah we have so the, our kids wild. are the same ages. But um, we know that thing where it's like, sometimes you're going to miss out on like a fun moment for yourself or career-wise or with friends or whatever. But- you just got to do, you got to go home and like see your kid. Yeah. 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 It's a good yeah. problem to have guys. It is. It is. And it's like. It's an embarrassment I, of riches is what it is. <laughs> but can I tell you something? I recently, I, I think during COVID and the lockdown, my brain was rewired in terms of those priorities. And I look back on my, oh no, I'm going to cry. I look back on some times in my kids' earlier life when I was like on Cougar Town and like where I where I feel like I didn't make the same choice. Like I was like, no, I want to just fucking go. I just want to go to dinner with friends and like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And now I think after spending all of this time with our with our family. I just see how important it is and also like how fast it's going. Yeah. yeah. It's go- oh girl, my kid is like right comes up to like he's almost this is I I, I posted about it. He, this is my this is the last birthday where he will be shorter than me. Ah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I I you know, I think there's the the the, the silver lining in any threatening situation. Right? <laughs> is uh is appreciation for shit right. that you never would have cared about like that. That's, that's the beauty of the, of the threat. You know, it's like when we pray, you know, any prayer about making me thankful about something always makes me nervous. Cause it just means take it away. Right. <laughs> you know? mm. Oh my God. You know, yes, I do now. my brain just like farted. What, what is the, what is the prayer that every kid says before they eat, you know? Or is oh, it- gracious Lord, make me truly thankful for this food that has come to us to nourish my body for Christ's sake. That's like the thing, right? Yeah. Every time my kids say it, I'm like, don't make me that thankful. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because all it means is, you know, take it away. So I remember, oh God, breathing, you right. know, oh. dancing and talking to you, not without right. covering my face. Like who would have thought that yeah. that was something we needed to appreciate, right? No, not me. Certainly not me. So that, that's the thing with me and kids. Like it was hard to get here. Yeah. So I, there's an appreciation I have for it that I wouldn't have if, you know, somebody, you know, let me pop some babies out as soon as it crossed my mind. And it's the same thing now. Then they got here and I started to, do, I, you know, I went back to work, you know? I know. But also, do you feel like 
your career trajectory after becoming a mother like really went through the stratosphere. You've been working as long Isn't as me. We're like old crazy? we're like old lady glamours <laughs> on set. We're like in the corner like trading the tales of the late 90s and that was I forgot. That, that's how that's how long I've been alive is that major shit will come up like that Fallon last night. Okay. Everybody's looking like, how did you not ever say that? I'm like, I forgot. <laughs> Casey, Casey, in case you didn't get a chance to see us on Fallon last night, Renee told a story that in the entirety of shooting Girls 5 Eva, <laughs> none of us, including Meredith Gardino, the creator, Tina Fey, nobody knew, which was that she was in a failed girl group that couldn't get a record deal. And they had a song that a male like songwriter Wait, wrote for them. The yes, I was. And. She lived the story of Girls 5 Eva, and she just, like, it, like, light, so much life has happened to Renee since yeah, 1997. I it sounds like she wisely erased it from you her did. memory. You erased really, that. That's the advantage of these pre-calls, I guess. Yes. <laughs> that she, if something jogged my memory, I'm like, you know what, I actually used to be in, but you know why I didn't, I probably discounted it because it didn't happen. Like my life is filled with things that didn't happen. Yeah. And most people don't ask you about what didn't happen. They ask you about what did. So right. you kind of mm. forget, you know, you kind of forget. And girl, that I mean, you don't have time, but 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 I just was I've been my girlfriends from the time, like my not my singer or whatever friend, just my friends that were around me at that time have been texting me all day. They're like, girl, I remember. And I remember so much. I literally, I was just telling my friend some of the things, remembering some of the moments of my girl group. And we, we have a season two and a season well, three. But actually, <laughs> but actually, Renee, this is exactly what the show, this show, this podcast is kind of about. It is about the things that didn't happen. Yes. Because obviously we all know that you are Grammy and Tony Award winner, that you are Angelica Schuyler from love, Hamilton. I love to hear you say that, Busy. I saw you as Angelica Schuyler in you Hamilton. Did, oh my God. I sure did. I sure did. Very close up. Very, very, very close up. It was. Was I still emotionally connected to the material was, when you came to see it? It was. Or had lit, I moved on? It was. I think it was Lynn's second to last show before oh, he. I was then I then I was emotionally connected. Yeah, it, it was a really really good show. Yeah, it was it was a it was a good good one. And you I were just, definitely emotional. Thank God you did not come to my last show. It was the most pathetic ball of tears through the whole. Oh, uh, <laughs> I get that. I mean, I've been around for like as long as you guys plus like two years, I feel like, I don't know. No, I think we're, I think you and I are around the same sure, age. I'm older than you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I get, I am, I'm the same way. I'm like, Oh yeah, I was there. I actually, yeah, I was there for that. I guess I was, you know, <laughs> I was there when Drew Barrymore flashed her titties to Dave Letterman. All right. I was standing right there. We're doing That's the Drew Barrymore awesome. show uh, next week. Should I bring that up? Yeah. Maybe she'll flash. <laughs> <laughs> But I do think, I do think that it is when you look back at, you know, your 20 year plus 20 plus year career and the success that you going on 30. Is that true? What year did you start? If you you count, count, like if, if you say, 
the clock started before I was like really making money, but I was calling myself this. Yeah. Yeah. Almost 30. Well, sh- sure. I guess yeah. when you graduated from Carnegie Mellon, right? Yeah, 93. Wow. Yeah. Same. That's, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. Now, okay, but so let's, but this is because I do think this is important because your life might not have led you to Hamilton, to Henrietta Lacks, which is like, by the way, a brilliant fucking performance. Really? Thank I you. love it. Can I just put out here that I want them to make a Henrietta Lacks, um, but I want them to do the prequel where they, where they talk about, I mean, I think Oprah is brilliant in that, in that movie. And I, I understand why George Wolfe decided to to start at that point of the story because he wanted right. to start close enough to the victory. He doesn't he he likes to tell stories about black people that are not surrounded by the time when they're victims. He likes to get to the to the the victorious moment. And that's why he started that movie so you know at you know so far that down the line. But I, I do want a prequel where you actually learn who Henrietta Lacks is. But that's just a side note. I'm putting them out here because I think dreams come true when you say things out loud. Well you know that we this is what Casey and I like do all the time. I say, we say things out loud and it happens when we were doing busy tonight. I would, I would write things down that we wanted to have happen. I would say them out loud. I do fully believe in that, like putting it into the universe thing. And also I think that would be really brilliant. I I respect it. I I think he's a brilliant storyteller. And I, I, I just think I sometimes, I think both things need to be told. I think we will appreciate the victory in that story a little bit more. If we understand who this woman was, that's who sells her everywhere. But anyway. Okay. So wait, let's go back to the girl group that never was. Okay. In in the mid nine mid nineties. What year are we talking here? Girl, I don't even remember. I let's think say, it was <laughs> like ninety five. Um, I think it's like ninety seven, eight. Ninety seven, ninety eight. Okay. Yeah. And ninety seven, eight. Okay. And so walk us through. I printed out your IMDB. And you really did start working like a gazillion years ago professionally. And of course, you're on One Life to Live. Casey, you love you love the stories, don't you? Well, I know a lot about the stories because I worked for a long time in daytime television on the Rosie O'Donnell Whatever. show. So we we you have to know a lot about the stories because that's a lot of who your guests are. Wait, was my friend Dan Goatee oh! on One Life to Live? <laughs> was girl i love me some dan Gautier. okay i wondered if you guys were friends he's so funny he's like the he's funniest so person brilliant. right he i love li- him he lives he's like- obnoxious is what he is and i love him <laughs> <laughs> i do i love li- an obnoxious person he lives like in the desert now i haven't seen him in too long but i think he's brilliant and all as were all my friends and are all my friends from one life to live I can't wait to tell him that I talked to you. And one of my favorite things in the world is to just tell people that I'm friends with Brad from Teen Witch and they just <laughs> lose their minds. But I well, love I that you guys are Teen friends. Witch. He's hilarious. Yeah. Okay. So, but so Ally McBeal started around 97. So the girl group was pre Ally McBeal. And after college, did you move to LA to try to pursue? Yes. Yes. That's what I, I'm just like instinctively thinking that this is like a really good pivot. Yeah. Uh, Just having known you and, and spent, you know, the last eight months falling in love with you. (laughs) I, I want to know the journey, but now with this girl group part of it and like thinking about what if that had taken off? Girl, what if so many what ifs? It's okay, so, so let's so let's just start there. So night, so you graduate from Carnegie Mellon. I'm in sure you were a 1993. You were a and star. 
I, in my mind, actually, you know, I, I was, I was humbled by then. I, I thought I was a star growing up by then. I, I just knew, I knew a lot of people that were way more talented me by talented than me by then. So I was, I was adequately humbled, but I, I had, I still had big dreams and I had a degree and uh, yeah. And I had friends like Billy Porter and, you know, just oh. all, all kinds of really talented, really good friends from school that were, you know, were making it happen. And they'd let, let us like crash on their couches and, and, and figure out New York city. So I came straight to New York. Actually, Billy got me a job, but this is a digression. Um, being uh, understudying Chandra Wilson, actually in a play, the movie paper moon. Yes. Yeah. There was a musical, um, Paper Moon. It's a brilliant musical that, that didn't happen. There's a lot of different, that's why I forget this stuff. There are so many didn't happen. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, Chandra Wilson, uh, had the, the lead of the Imogene, the black girl in this play. I, this is totally not where we're going with the story. But I love it. Something else. And, uh, and I, they needed an understudy and I, Billy Porter, they asked Billy Porter, cause we used to call him the mayor of, 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 of New York city. Nobody, he wasn't famous, but everybody knew he should be. Yeah. And, uh, they called him. He's not a casting director. They're like, who do you know that can be funny and sing this part? Cause Chandra Wilson, you know, was pregnant. She was going to have her first child. Who's now probably 37 years old. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Because that's how long ago this shit was. Anyway, um, and yeah, and so I got this part. So I had a job coming to New York City and I was doing theater. I had that role. I, I was just doing, and I started doing regional theater and tours. I was just a theater girl and I was on my way. And it just crossed my mind one time that I missed school. I wasn't done being in school. You know, I, I just felt like, my friends that don't do what I do, you know, in two years, she's going to be a doctor. She's going to be a lawyer and I'm going to have done two more plays. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I just felt, I felt like I missed that. I just missed it. Not that you have to go to school to do this, but I missed it. Also, very importantly, a very good friend of mine said to me, Renee, what do you want to be? What do you want to be? What do you want to do? I was like, everything. I want to do everything. And he was like, but if you had to pick, you know, what do you want to be? I'm like, well, I want to be, I want to be a recording artist. I want to be a movie star. I want to be a everything. Right. And he was like, well, if you want to do everything, I also said Broadway, by the way. And he was like, if you want to do everything, um, why are you doing it like this? Why are you starting with Broadway? Like, you know, you're, you're sitting in New York city auditioning against the most talented people in the world to understudy a soap opera star. Like if you want to be a recording artist oh, and a movie mm-hmm. star and a Broadway star, why don't you, you're already, you're already, you're already over the hill to be a recording artist. Alicia Keys is like 12. Do you know what I'm saying? You're yeah. like already over the hill in your twenties. You need to go to, you need to figure out how to be a recording star. So that's why I went back to school. And, um, and, and the, my big pivot that I wanted to share with you is I learned from watching the Oprah Winfrey show. Do you remember? Uh, uh, well, Do you I remember, remember it. That? It raised me. It raised me, <laughs> Renee. Do you remember the time when Oprah just was so aware of her power that she stopped yes. having specialists on? Yes. She just was the specialist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I left New York. I, I, I went to visit my friend in LA who was in law school, one of my best friends. And as soon as I got there, she said, oh, by the way, I'm on spring break. And the bitch left me in her apartment by myself. And, uh, and so I started watching Oprah because she was my friend and she didn't know it. And she had this show about failures, people that are failures. Right. And the whole premise of the show was 
you know, why is somebody a failure? So, you know, there's no definition of failure. You just have to actually invite people on that believe they're failures. So she did, and she just had a chalkboard and it was her. And she asked them what they did at each stage of their life. And, and on the chalkboard, what you could see is at the top of the chalkboard, they had options and every decision they made along the road reduced their options. So anybody that considered themselves a failure were really people that were really dead end because they were in a life that they didn't feel like they have, they had an option to do anything else. You see what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Of course. This is, by the way, guys, this, this, this this is is amazing. Right. Yeah. Chalkboard. I'm sitting there by myself at whatever age I am in 1994, 95 in my best friend's apartment by myself in, in, you know, Calabasas. Okay. (laughs) And, and I'm just like crying because I realize. Um, this thing, which is everybody really is just the moment before, like really our entire life is I'm in third grade because I was in second grade. Like there's only a few times in your life that you actually, and maybe people never do it, that you actually take yourself out of the current of life that you didn't even start by the way and choose something else. Right. Oh my God. It just hits me right in my twenties in this apartment. And I, and I say, I've got to go. I got to do something else. I've got to go back to school. Right. I've got to, I'm, I'm not going to just do another play and another play, another play. Not that I don't want to, but I've got to figure out how to do something different. And the reason why I chose school is because I felt that was the way to have another career. Uh, you know, like I just knew how to network in a school. So I basically started calling schools. And next thing I know, I was getting a master's degree in vocal jazz at the university of Southern California. And I called my parents. I called my friends from school, like Billy. And he's like, why are you, what are you, why are you going back to school? This is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> but, but the reason why I did it is because I wanted to be, I wanted to have my own voice, right? I wanted to figure out how not to sing like whatever girl just originated the role that I wanted to play. Right. I wanted to sing like Renee, right? Yeah. So that's where I was in, in LA trying to be, trying to learn how to play this acoustic guitar that's actually right behind me. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and with the dream to be in Lilith Fair. Does anybody remember Lilith yes. Fair? Are you, this is, Renee, we're of the same generation. I know no, you not. always. You're like, I probably babysat no. you. You, listen, age doesn't matter. We're the same, same. generation. We are the same generation. We're both yes. Gen X women. Yes. Lilith Fair, I had the t-shirt. I went. Girl, I, I was wanted like, to be barefoot with an acoustic guitar and sing my heart out. I just wanted oh to God. tell my story. Girl, I have songs with a Z, right? I just wanted to do that so bad. And so I graduated. So Allie McBeal, was God's gift to me. I used to say to feed the beast at home because what I was doing was sitting in my best friend's uh, backyard writing music that nobody was signing, right? right. Um, but, uh, but I had to tell them I was doing something with two degrees. I had a master's degree and an undergrad degree. And I, had, and, I was, and I was singing in a band called Charisma with a Z. Yes. Uh, at, at clubs in, you know, what, what's, you know, what is it? What is it? What is the, those, those towns on north of LA that like Pomona? Pomona. Pomona. At, Pomona. You know, Pomona at, the, at the casinos up there. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like a hundred dollars a night. That's what I was doing. But like God. what I tell my parents that I was doing was that I was on Allie McBeal, which really was a great fun job, but it wasn't like what I was doing. I was trying to get signed and I, any, by any means necessary. And one day somebody, one of my girlfriends, Kenna Ramsey 
uh, called me and said, do you want to be in this girl group with me? And I said, shit, yeah, I ain't got nothing else to do today, but write these songs ain't nobody heard. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, we just started. And it was exciting, you guys, because these guys, there's two guys, they dressed us up. They paid for it. How oh did gosh. they How did they find Kenna? Kenna, first of all, she is the singingest girl you've ever met in your life. She's drop-dead gorgeous, drop-dead gorgeous, and she can sing like Patti LaBelle or anybody else. She can sing anything effortlessly. She's All of my friends, we all sang backup. She sings backup for everybody, David Foster, yeah. everybody. She's one of them, and she, she called me. She's like, do you want to do this? I said, yes, I do. There was another girl that was already in it. She was the girlfriend of the producer, Okay. She's like this tall model looking, really brown skinned black woman that sang. She had a low register. And every time she sang, I wanted to sleep with her. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, and she had like that low voice. She was super sexy and she was his girlfriend. So she was in. And then there was Kenny, Kenny, because she could sing to the stratosphere. And then there was me, because I don't know. And then I, I invited in my friend Billy, who I met in Toronto, who could play the piano and sing. And she's racially ambiguous. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and she and the, and the record label paid that you know she couldn't get into the country to work. This is how legit this shit is. They brought her here on a, one of those things. Yeah, they pay ten grand. Visa, it's at least yeah. it's a it's a work visa for entertainment, specialized entertainment, and you have to have like a very legit company has to sign off on you and write a letter to the government and then additionally pay $10,000. Saying yes. that nobody else can do, can do what the job, what you're going to do. do. I yeah. was a hero. She quit all of her work, all of her jobs in Toronto and Canada, and she came to LA to be in this group. And they took us to this little cheap clothing things on Venice Beach, and they put little rags of clothes on us. And, and this is what I forgot till my girlfriends reminded me today. We used to sit down in interviews and talk and you have to, you have to, they tell you how old you are, by the way. And that's, <laughs> not just girl that's not just for girl groups. Anytime you get a record deal, I learned you have to be as young as possible. So like, if, let me tell you, if you were like 35, they said, or 45, they tell they, you started as 35. If you were me, that was like 26, 27, 28, they said, you're 21. You're 2021. 20, That's what they said I was. Can so I, I tell you briefly why I'm so familiar with this? When I started out in, in entertainment, I would sometimes help talent assistants on talk shows fill out the paperwork so that somebody can get their like $250 honorarium. And there somebody would always fill out the paperwork, but then you have to like photocopy their driver's license and it would always be off by seven to 10 years from what they wrote on the paper. At least. At least. <laughs> But do you know, but we were, we talk a lot in our show, Girls Five Eva, about <laughs> how, how we have to reclaim the narrative and how muted we were. And we haven't talked about is, is, is the ways that we're muted. It's not just that they say, don't say anything. If somebody tells you at 27 years old that you have to pretend to be 20, every, and you clearly, I talk a lot and I did, it's not, this isn't new. I've always talked like <laughs> this, but every, um, every interview, they would ask me a question and I, I every my, 10 years of my life experience was negated. So I couldn't answer. They'd be like, da, 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 and, I, and I would be like, oh, when I was in, oh, when I, I, I literally was mute though. I could not, I didn't speak in interviews because I was, I couldn't remember what I would have known at 20. Right. You couldn't, right. you couldn't talk about college. You couldn't I, talk about the fact that you had a master's degree. I couldn't talk about even living outside. After, I, I was like, can I mention that I graduated from high school? I couldn't even, I couldn't speak. Right. So oh. the, I was dressed, I was whatever. Anyway, so they wrote, wrote this hit song for us. 
that, that I sang on Fallon last night. And um, I liked the <laughs> song. It never even crossed my mind how ridiculous the words were because it was such a Casey, bop. It was such a great Casey, bop. Tell yeah. her, Renee, tell Casey what the lyrics are. Yes, you can. Yes, you can find you a good man. But when you do, you got to treat him right. Make sure <laughs> your love is out of sight now. That's the whole hook. Is that not a hook? That's a hook. But it's a hook. <laughs> yes, you can find yourself a good man. But when, but you, do, when you do, you got to treat him right. Make sure. Make sure. Make sure. Your love is out of sight now. Okay. <laughs> Clearly, we did not write the words ourselves. But anyway, um, yeah, so that was our hit. And uh, and this is what's so crazy. Uh, we record, I remember I recorded my vocals. Um, and I think we were like the fourth or fifth iteration of this group because I had to record over some other girl's vocals. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, oh my we're God. About, that's how replaceable we are. How replaceable we are. Uh, they lived in this mansion. The producer had this huge mansion and 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 the girlfriend lived in there with him. And I remember I was recording my vocals late at night in the studio and like something, some, the wall made some sound and he just picked up a random hammer and just started banging at the wall and then stopped. I only tell you all that to say, just remember that strange moment in the mansion. And now okay. I'm going to cut to the, um, our moment with the, uh, when we're in a hotel room to meet the A&R executive, right? Yeah. So we're all dressed up with our little clothes on and we're ready. We all know the parts of our songs and how we're going to kill. We've done this meeting a bunch of times to get this far. And we've just wowed them every time. They kept saying Destiny's Child, Destiny's Child, Destiny's Child, Destiny's Child. And, um, and then the head of A&R comes in and it's a woman, a beautiful black woman, probably in her 30s. And we're like all in our 20s and we have no clothes on and she's wearing clothes. And uh, and I'm like, oh, when I saw her, I'm like, it's my sister. I'm like, we about to get this record deal. That's what I thought. This was <laughs> the last stage. And before the woman sits in the chair, one of the girls, one of the bandmates, the one that was the girlfriend of the producer says, oh, when are you due? <gasps> no. Yes. And she said, what? She said, when is your baby due? And she said, I'm not pregnant. And then this silence that you're about to hear was like the next 10 minutes of our entire interview. <laughs> I can't even do this. I silence. can't. But I this can't. is what I didn't get to tell you last night on Fallon. Um, the re- this is what I found out when the, when the thing crashed and burned and it crashed and burned immediately. And that's why I forgot. The reason why she asked that question is not because the woman looked like she's pregnant, but because she was pregnant and she didn't tell us and they just wanted to get her in the record deal so that we could sign it so then she could have her baby. So then we would have all sat around like owned, like, you know, like property for two years and not be able to do anything. That's the first thing. And then I found out that the mansion that they lived in did not belong to them. They were squatters. What? <laughs> did you know <sighs> that there literally are people that just go through the newspaper and find houses that are foreclosed on, break in, move some shit in, and then it takes and like change the locks, change, they the, change locks. the locks, right? And, and the California is not going to do they, they first have to figure out that you're there. Then they have to start proceedings to get you out. So you can live in a mansion for like three or four months and then you just move to the next one. Oh. So I'm up there recording. There's literally like, that's how fraudulent they were. And the only reason why I ever came out is because it crashed and burned. And if it hadn't crashed and burned, that would have been the start of another girl group that probably wasn't that different from any other girl group that ever makes it. I'm just saying. That, so that's and also, random. that's wild. And, but also you would have been in business with legit 
fraudulent, fraudulent like fraudsters. People, which I don't know is that different from people's experience in the recording industry. But I have right. to tell you just to jump cut, you know, the, the reason why I went back to school when I told you that whole thing about the the, the pyramid mm-hmm. and the, the reverse pyramid that Oprah taught me, you know, yeah. in her show. Which um, now we all know and we're all yeah. thinking all about. Know. It's like mm-hmm. there is no definition of failure. I just want to bring this home. It really is it really is just your feeling that you don't have options in your life. That's really what it is. You could be in a, in a you could be living in a mansion that you actually bought and feel that way. And so the, 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 what I learned is that what you want to do when you're making decisions in your life, you want to make decisions looking not at the moment you're going into, but like the X missions, right? Yeah. Like what are my options going to be when I graduate from this stage of my life? And mm-hmm. if, if, you know, if it gives you more options than you had when you going, when you went in, your pyramid is going in the right direction. So when wow. I'm making decisions about what I want to do, my question tends to be things like, what will this, what kind of options and opportunities will this yield me when it's over? This is guys, this is gold. Also, <laughs> Should you have a talk show? I was going to say, I feel like you should have a talk did you show ever with think, a chalkboard. Did you ever think about girl, that? I got a talk show in my house every day, girl. In my house <laughs> every day. I ain't got no sponsors. Okay. I don't, I don't know why you don't have work. Every day with all this experience and a great, you know, I don't have any of that. But in my own life, if you call my house <sighs> and I answer the phone, we are, we are having a talk show. I can't help it. Wow. I'm, Renee, you know I'm obsessed with you. Um, this... <laughs> Though I love this so much. I think about how you were at that moment right before the A&R meeting with the big wig in your little rags <laughs> on your, over your boobs. Over my little thinking, boobs. My perky thinking, boobs. <laughs> thinking in your head, this is it. I'm about to be a star. And when it all fell apart, what did you – what did you, like, what did you think was next? Like, what was your move? So I, I, in my experience, um, most of the time, almost all the time, and for many people, all of the time, it falls apart. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the, the miracle is that it ever works. I mean, and, and the crazy thing is that we are all miracles. Like, you know, just the fact that we, 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 we made it through the nine months, right. We came out just about that we're here. We're all <laughs> yeah, miracles. Totally. Yeah, you know, so what's crazy is if you ever really look at the odds, we've all already broken them always. So we so we live with a certain sense of audacity, like dreaming because we are we are the one in a gazillion. Right. Um, But the crazy thing is that those odds don't work for you forever. Right. And so um, and so that that that's what's interesting about, you know, the career that we choose that everyone tells kids not to take, which I disagree. Um, because uh, they're like, oh, the odds are against you. And they you are. You mean like a career in entertainment like or a creative pursuit? Lot, you know, you need something to fall back on. Oh, yeah. I think that's and Maybe bullshit. that was real in a world where a degree in anything guaranteed you anything. But because nothing in our economy, in our country, is guarantees you any comfort in, in life, right? Um, right. Why, why the fuck not be an actress, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Why not? Why not say I want to have a dream of a talk show? Why? Why not do that? Because the the only the closest thing you have to a guarantee is your passion for something. So right. that's how I that's how I believe. Um, that's what I believe about how we should fuel our our road. But I also um, I also think that you know we can't be result oriented. This is okay. One day one time I did a movie. I find I got to do an independent film. 
you know, the, you know, and, and the, the beauty of about things not working out is something else might cross your desk and maybe right. fit. And, uh, so I did this movie. It's actually why you call me Renee Elise Goldsberry, because the producer, when he came to me and said, what do you want your name to be? I just told him my name. I didn't, I didn't know that it was like, he, this was the moment. This was the big no. moment where I could pick a name. No! <laughs> I had no idea that this, like, is, this the is moment my first, I middle, and last name. Gabrielle Union. You know, I should have came up with a star <laughs> name. I should have said. What do you mean? Renee. First of all, Renee is exotic. Renee Elise Goldsberry is literally just every random name that my mom gave me that's on my birth certificate. <laughs> I, I think that your name is fantastic. That's a star I name. I don't think it helped me. I don't. I think that if I, I would have said, I would have been like, I would have been Renee Elise. Okay. I would have been okay. Renee. This is what I would have been. Renee Ryan. My brother's la- my brother's name is Ryan. And I just went, Renee Ryan. Come on. Come on. <laughs> You're not Renee Ryan, though. You're Renee Elise Goldsberry. That's just like three names for no reason. Like, I, I love, love it. Now, especially now that my married name is Johnson and I did not upgrade that shit at all. Like, I really, <laughs> I really, uh, I really, that moment could have happened for me. When he came to me and said, Renee, what do you want your, your professional name to be? I said, Renee Elise Goldsberry. Like I didn't know, I didn't know what we were doing. And then here I am with Renee Elise Goldsberry forever. But in that moment where I I was starting, starring in an independent film called all about you. And it was, it was another exciting, big, what if I'm about to be a star moment in my life? I've had a few of them, um, for what it's worth. And, um, I remember, um, him saying the whole time, Michael Swanson, he's actually a huge, uh, uh, executive at NBC right now. He's a really good friend of mine. And he's, and at that moment, he was like an independent producer producing his wife's independent film. And he was the whole time he was like, Renee, are you so excited? You're about to blow up. You're about to blow up. And even then at like, I was probably 28 at the time. I would always look at him and say, we have right now. I just knew in my heart because I, I had probably been through, I don't know what I had been through, or maybe I was wise, or maybe maybe I just had my hopes dashed too many times. I just said to him one day, I don't know that this is going to do anything for my career. I think it's great. But what if this entire experience in this moment for me is about the fact that I'm about to blow up and then I don't, right? Mm. How, how devastating, what a waste of this time. So yes. let's just have an awesome time making this movie and see what happens. And that's literally what the way I have lived since. Every time I ever do anything, I had another big moment where I was going to blow up. Um, there's a Shakespeare in the Park. Have you ever seen Shakespeare in the Park? Yes. Of course. This is probably, this, and this I actually really do owe a, a, my Hamilton career and a lot of Broadway stuff too. Um, I uh, starred in a production with Rosario D- uh, Dawson, Oscar sure. Isaac, and, um, and um, Norm Lewis. Um, this production by Kathleen Marshall of uh, uh, Two Gents, Two Gentlemen of Verona. It's wow. John Guare and Galt McDermott. It's, a, it's the hair the musical hair version yeah. Yeah. of Two Gentlemen of Verona. It's a rock wow. musical and it's in the park. And I played this character called Sylvia and thank God for YouTube because that's the only place I, could, I ever got to see why people freaked out about it. But it was like my huge splash in the world. It was like, I never had reviews like that in my entire life. The big reviewer from the New York Times said about me, uh, you know, tr- compared me to Barbara Streisand and Oh, out. come on. And you're like, literally ah! like a spark. I remember this, a spark plug of musical wit and something, you know, has arrived. She's here. I mean, like, 
everybody in the world was freaking out because I was about to be a huge, everybody's agent, everybody's manager, everywhere. Every time I came off stage, people were like scared to say hello to me that had just said no to me two days before about being in the dream girls movie. Right. Uh-huh, Remember the dream girls movie that yes, I, of course I do. Yes. I was like, I was like it. And what they didn't know was that I was pregnant. I was three, three months pregnant with my first, you know, my first actually was my second pregnancy. Um, and I was, do, did that entire run like nauseous, like in my first trimester. And I just oh, couldn't wow. wait for it to be over so I could paint a baby room. And I thought how ironic that finally, after all these moments in my life that were going to be my big moment, I finally had it and I can't take it because I'm going to have this baby. Uh, and the reason why that's so sad is I actually lost that baby in fact at like almost five months, uh, but, but, but the beauty of it was that I was prepared already always to just kind of listen to where life was actually taking me and the options it was going to yield for me, mm -hmm. you know, um, as opposed to what something seemed like in the moment, like the options, like in my pyramid of, of being a mother and children meant more for meant more to me in that moment, especially because I'd already had a miscarriage than the finally I'm actually doing something that's giving me the kind of attention and reviews that I thought I, you know, that people thought I was going to get before that I never got. And let me just say quickly, cause I know I, well, fortunately you're, you guys are on here all the time and this is my one time. So I keep talking. <laughs> Um, uh, I didn't have that baby. Um, that didn't happen. I did keep trying. And in the process, I did several other shows. I did the color purple. I did, I finished stayed on one life to live. I went into rent. Um, but, but, but were the, you the original, were you in the original cast of the color purple? I, the, what uh, the original Broadway cast? Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. I saw you. I must've seen you. You must've seen me. If you came, if you came early, I, I did early because I was, pre they hired me pregnant. They hired me three months pregnant. Uh -huh. And I remember I was in that audition and they said to me before the audition was over, that's kind of, I was having a sexy moment in my career. So it was the first time I went, ever went to an audition. And before it was over, they, they basically used my audition, the team of pro the producers, the creative team, used my audition to pitch me, please be in our show. That just has never right. happened to me in a Broadway audition. It's like the scariest thing you've ever done in the world. And they literally just sat there and, and, and uh, they said to me, Alice Walker is praying right now during your audition that you will say, yes to do this. I think um, they wanted me. I was playing Nettie. I wasn't going to change the world, <laughs> but, yeah. but they wanted me because <laughs> they wanted me so bad because I, I, I just got the best reviews anyone had ever seen on Broadway in a really, really long time. And they thought I was going to be a review darling. And they, they wanted me in their show so that they would get good reviews for the color purple. That yeah. that's why I think they wanted me. So I called them back. Renee, you're really, you know, it's interesting. I'm like listening to you and you've done this a couple of times and I'm just going to bring it to your attention because you know, I'm also an amateur therapist, but you, <laughs> but you keep doing a thing where you take away your own, uh, part in your success. Like they wanted me because of blah, 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 blah. Or, um, you know, I don't know why. I mean, I, I was there because I don't know why. You were there. They wanted you. No, I want you to just be quiet for one second. I'm going to tell you. They wanted you. You were there because you are an extraordinary talent. Oh, extraordinary. Thank you. Talent. Thank you and beyond that, every other part of you sparkles. Oh. That's why they fucking wanted you. Oh, you're so sweet. 
but I want you to hear, I really want you to hear that because I, because you've done this now a few times as that's why you got the good reviews, this interview. And I want you to know it's you, girl. It's not, (laughs) it's not the reviews, it's not the moment. It's your it's, talent. It's probably, it's, you're right. It's probably both. I do do that. <laughs> I, I want you to notice that I did take credit for smart um, analysis of life. I, I did take, I did yeah, definitely take credit for yeah. that. You do. Um, but I, and, and you're right, I do. And 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 part of it is because um, I feel safer, um, humble. Right. Because I believe that the world, and, and I don't just mean people, I just mean the atmosphere, the world is looking for opportunities to humble somebody. And I'm always like, you know what? I can do it myself, right? I think there's that. And there's also, there is also uh, just girls being liked by other girls. You know, there's also yeah, like- Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Well, I think sure. right in the beginning of the interview, you said very early in your career that you felt like a star when you were a kid. And already when you started out, you already had met so many people that were wildly talented and you oh, realized yeah. very early on. So I'm sure you know so many people that probably have, that you think are insanely talented that haven't probably had the lucky breaks. That oh my God. Had. Oh my God. Don't we all? Yeah. Yes. I mean, there, there is a world of people and one thing we get for sure yes. is the, the privilege of being close to people that talented. Yes. And, uh, and, and but yet the, our trajectories are also different. So yeah, yes. for sure. I, I know, and it's not just, honestly, I have to tell you this. It's not just talent. It's work. Yeah, Some right. people work really, really hard. There, there's no, there's no rhyme or reason sometimes to the kinds of the, just the, the life path of different people. We just, it doesn't seem like, or, or, or I should say it seems mysterious because <laughs> not everything is promised to everybody. We, yeah, we all that's have true. our own road and, and this road is not the end all be all. It's just one road. Yeah. But yeah. You're so right. You know, whenever you're on a TV show, people are like, okay, who's most like their character? Who's least like their character? (laughs) And I think because I play on Girls 5 Eva such a heightened, giant, sort of over-the-top human, um, the inclination could be like, oh, I'm least like my character, but I actually believe you are least like really? your character. Really? I was going to yeah. say, it's a competition between you and I. It definitely is. But you are you are the opposite of, of pretense. Like, you're the opposite of somebody putting something on for, for show and for others to think that they are better than, you know, like yeah. in a different... Yeah higher position than what they, they are. You are very humble. Like you are the opposite of, of like, you know, a diva walking in. <laughs> like, look yeah, at you. Look so but it you is know, true. But it's, and you know what it is though? It's survival. Cause I, I think it's hugely important. I mean, it's, it's my lifeblood is to have allies. Anytime I show up anywhere, it's, it's literally like how, let me help you. Can you help me do this? Right. I, I, I show up in areas all the time that I, I don't have as much experience as other people. I mean, this, this is an example. I, I've done a lot of comedy in my life, but I haven't been on a comedy television show as a series regular in my life. Um, and uh, I feel pretty confident that I'm going to be able to pull it off. But you know why? Because 
we're going to do it together. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yes. Um, I, there's a, something crazy about this idea that you're going to be so intimidating. It's just fear. It's like the whole wiki right. character is just insecurity. I just choose to do use my insecurity different. I, I work through my insecurity differently. And mine is like, mm-hmm. let me just be really transparent and let's do this together as opposed to let me, you know, ice you out and, and, and try to hide it. That's, that's, it's just a different tactic. <sighs> well, I like your tactic much better. <laughs> it, works. it works, girl. It works. Um, oh. And, and as an actor, it works because all you're really trying to do, if, if you spend your life being aware of how to get the rooting factor, mm-hmm. uh, it works for a character, even when you're playing a character that is on paper so unlikable. Yeah, I think that's true. I really do. Like, if you know what the motivation is or, like, the pain that it comes from, then you're like, that's – that was how I – even though I'm doing, like, this real over-the-top person, I always was like, what – is the undercurrent and like the undercurrent for so many people is pain, you know, it's like real pain and trying to just hide the pain in all different ways, whether it's like overlining your lips or (laughs) (laughs) pretending, you know, I don't know. There's so many people do really deal with their pain that way. But I mean, truly like that's become a thing in the last many years, like overlining your lips to deal with your pain. Should we put that on a t-shirt? It's a real outlet. (laughs) I know I have. I'm not, I'm not judging. <laughs> well, yeah. So let me just say like, the, the, the full circle of, of the story um, that I was uh, sharing about that, that whole thing is I did end up, you know, kind of trying to find ways to take some time off to figure out how to, how to deal with fertility and, and, and carrying a baby. And I did end up in rent and I did end up getting pregnant, you know, in that last, I'm actually, there's a movie of us um, in the last, um, the last performance of Ren on Broadway, there's a film of it and I'm actually pregnant and I don't know it upside down in those really um, high boots and like- Oh my God. Uh, it's a miracle. Maybe hanging upside down is what got got <laughs> yeah, in there. I, I, I should have been standing on my hands a long time ago. Uh, and also, um, so yeah, I had my son who was 12 yesterday. I have my Aww. daughter, my beautiful daughter who's eight. Um, and I just got back from Africa. My daughter, um, is adopted from Africa. I had just gotten back from Africa and, uh, I got this call to, um, to come audition for the workshop of the show called Hamilton Mixtape. And, um, I said no a couple times to the audition cause it was an audition for a workshop and a workshop pays no money whatsoever. And I was like, I'm bonding with my child. I finally yeah. have my income true, which is these two kids. So I kept saying no. And they kept saying, you know, just come, just audition. And then finally, Bernie Telsey's office was like, look, everybody is a fan here. They want to give you this part, but nobody knows if you can rap. You know? (laughs) You're like, I I don't know if I, I mean. The first 20 years of my life in the backseat of my mother's car. So, you know, (laughs) so they were like, no one knows if you can rap. And so you need to come, just come to this audition. Clearly I was a huge fan of Lin-Manuel Miranda from In the Heights. Um, but I'd never met him in my life. But what I didn't know is that young Lin-Manuel Miranda and young Tommy Kale were sitting in the audience at Shakespeare in the Park that many years before. 
Um, like, and they were just like nobody, like fresh out of college. They're younger than me, both of them. God love them. And, uh, they were just like sitting in the audience, like with wide eyes and big curly hair, like thinking I was a star on the stage <laughs> so while I had never met them before there was, there, you know, these little things, even if they don't bloom in the season that you thought they would, they eventually do. If you hang out long enough and you've incurred, as you said, goodwill long enough, you know, because you had goodwill with guys. Bernie Telsey is the biggest Broadway casting director, yeah, he producer. Cast me in rent. Absolutely. God, God has a sense of humor because I did end up getting to be in this girl group right now for Girls 5 Eva. And I'm <laughs> glad. I'm just glad I've lived long enough to be around for the punchline. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I mean, this is like truly. We talk a lot about like. You know, there's that you have to be open to the universe having its own plan for you. And your beautiful kids were in the plan. You know what I mean? And those kids needed their time with you and needed to to show up. And so right after the big Shakespeare in the Park, best reviews of your life. You know, maybe that wasn't the the moment for those were your Hamilton. big moments, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like you, that you know what I mean. And Hamilton, yeah. Hamilton happened. Yeah, like that. The idea of Hamilton is what I'm saying, guys. Yeah. Not like the actual yeah, yeah. Hamilton, but yeah. um, but I just love it. I love it. I love it because you do seem like a person who, um, this is a tough thing to to do and to continue to do because there are so many ups and downs and you just Renee seem to me to be a person who's able to like ride the wave of what it is and always just be so present in the moment and I gosh I just feel like it is this is really like a master class and now we have to I guess sell a talk show (laughs) with you Renee Renee Uh, Ryan's chalkboard you can (laughs) rebrand Oh my God. I'd love it. Re- I, I think we should call it like Renee Ryan. Renee Ryan will change your life. <laughs> <laughs> and it involves a chalkboard. Guys, I'm serious. I think we should do a series of like short, funny films <laughs> called Renee Ryan will change your life. <laughs> oh my God. I would love to. Where I you play like Renee Ryan. Something like, you know, something about, because I'm always getting stuck in a part of the story that never make that keeps me from ever making it to the end. <laughs> but something about, you know, potentially useful digressions. Right? Yeah. Yes. And yeah, I want it to be like, I want us to enter the story like you've been doing it for seven years. And this is the season where you decide to sing your own theme song because you're feeling particularly <laughs> empowered and you're your you own guys, expert. Can we just discuss though when Oprah sang her own theme song that one year? It was, that was I, I totally amazing. Please, 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 please share it with me. Renee, I, like I thought I was the expert and I don't know that. Renee. Well, I'm Googling it just right now and I'm going to send it Oprah to you. Oprah was feeling herself so much that she sang her own theme song, I Believe I Will Run On. And it was... <laughs> Oh my God, I'm back so, about my theme song. That's about my theme song. I love her so much. It was so Wait, great. Uh, Renee, I sing my own theme song for this podcast. You do? Yeah, it's ludicrous. We'll email you the full That's not version. I know that I actually know you can sing. Well, right. I mean, honestly, Oprah can sing too. Renee, can you look in the chat for uh, this thing? Do you know how to do that? 
on this Zoom? I do. I do. Okay. That's so funny. Yeah. It's not, guys, just so you know, I know Renee really well. It's not out of line for me to say, do you know how to do that on this? <laughs> oh my God, it's beautiful. <laughs> just wait. I sent you, I sent you Oprah singing her own theme song and you're going to enjoy it. It's going to bring you a lot of joy later today. I can't wait. I can't wait. I have to go do Australian press. Are you done with press for the show today? Oh yeah, this is it. This, you, you are you are it today. I need a day off from yesterday. I'm so was, happy. I, was, I can't wait. I haven't watched the end of our show yet. I've only, what? I only saw the first two episodes. You know why? Because I want to see it on TV. Maybe wait until tomorrow morning. Because uh, guys, we recorded this earlier. I'm gonna watch it again on Peacock because I want to see what it looks like, like really, really looks like. The reason why I'm more laid back about it, and this actually is important to share, is that I've learned we have to live our lives not the way, not in progression. Like we, we can't experience things like in the moment because we're really just the moment before what's Mm going to happen is that we're going to look at this again when we're 55 and 65 and 75 and 85. And no matter how different I looked, I'm going to think I looked amazing. You see what I'm saying? A hundred percent. At the end of the day, I'm going to look so terrible that I'm going to think I looked amazing. And that's, That's the, that's the, that's the perspective At the I end to have of the day. Right I am going to look so bad, so <laughs> terrible. <laughs> what are you talking about? That I would be like, go ahead, girl. Okay. Well, okay. I already, I already, I've had those moments. Like I'm like nostalgic for yesterday, for the yeah. way I looked yesterday. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, Me I'm like, too, it's the be- like, that's the best I'll ever look. Like it's done. <laughs> it's hard to watch my face at night for that reason. It's hard to watch <laughs> right? my face. Like I do, I do have that thing where I'm, I'm aware that this is fleeting, you know, you're never going to be younger than you are this second. Never. And And also we, I always have this talk with my husband where you probably have like one moment in your life where you look better than you ever have in your life and you ever will again. And you don't know when that moment is. See? So you can't even be like, damn, this is the moment. Although. But if you go through life thinking like, damn, this is the moment, then you feel really good about yourself. I mean, yeah. it's never getting better than this moment. You can be saying that every, mo- I every moment. I hear you say that every moment. It's never getting better <laughs> yeah. than yeah. this right here, whatever it is, whatever it is. <laughs> so I had started my period on Fallon last night and I had chosen to wear the, I mean, I didn't chose it. I was suggested to wear that red dress. It was, and I literally am a body con, body period, con. Like, I too, Two inches of bloating on my stomach. I'm like, this is a terrible idea, but it's too late to change the course. What do you, you do? Looked you looked amazing. You oh, just got to show up. Yeah. I do think that is the benefit of age is that perspective. Because I think, especially when I think about the ladies on the show, I think we all really do have that perspective of like not looking to the future of what anything could be, but really just enjoying it. I just felt like in the filming of it, in just now this promotion that we've been doing together, sometimes virtually and like occasionally like last night in person and the Hollywood Bowl experience that will have already come out by next week. So we can talk about it. Um, I do think that I've just been so acutely aware that like this, this is like, this is the best thing that's ever happened. Like this could be the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I love it so much. And I'm so grateful and I'm so excited to have been able to be a part of it and to, form friendships with you and the other ladies. And I just like, I'm just like loving it all so much. Amen. And that just like that, that's full circle too. Cause that has nothing to do about the, with the result. 
it has everything to do with what we can control. At no point during the filming did I think, yeah, yeah. And at no point during the filming did I think like, reviews are going to be great. People are, you know what I mean? I never, it wasn't even a thought to me. I was just like loving this experience so much, feeling so honored to get to sing with you and Sarah both. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, really quickly before you go, do you, should we tell the story about how I almost, um, ended your career? Oh my God. Really quickly. Casey, do you know about this? No, I didn't tell. You guys, I said, I almost, I almost disfigured you. And, and it was, this is hands down in the top three most horrifying things that have, has ever happened to me ever, ever in my my life. God, It was so terrible. You guys filming a scene, um, in, in girls, girls, five ever season one. I think it's episode, what is it? Four or five? I think it's four. four. Yeah. Episode four. And we're in a closet in a cabin and, uh, summer busy's character has been off making a salad. We keep pushing her off to make a salad the whole time because we're trying so to that get I, her because she's yeah. not helping us write the song. Okay. You'll, you'll know what we're talking about. I have no spoilers. The point is it's supposed to, the fever pitch is supposed to just keep raising and raising and raising until we have this cathartic moment that helps uh, Sarah's character, Dawn, come up with the big finale song, right? Of four stars. And Busy's character bursts into the closet with a, with a salad bowl, a big wooden salad bowl. And she starts telling, she's like, I made the salad. And at some point when we're fighting, the salad bowl goes into the air. And, and we've done all this prep to like have the salad go in the air. And they actually even had a stunt coordinator there Mm-hmm. To help us figure out how to do it. So we shot it. But also we had prop lettuce that was like not real lettuce. There was like all this stuff. But the bowl, there was not a soft version of the bowl. There wasn't like a stunt version of the bowl. Can I ask a question? Why was there not real lettuce? What was the but danger with bowl, the lettuce? But a bowl that weighed, Casey, this is not a joke. I mean, how much did the bowl weigh? Like set, like seven pounds, five pounds. Oh I work out, so I know what weight weights yeah, are. Yeah, it, it was heavy. It was like I mean, a five-pound bowl. The old, the, the, what Ugh. happened was Ugh. we're sitting in a small, we're you know, crowded in a little circle. The ball, the bowl goes up in the air. We're acting our asses off. I mean, we were killing the acting. And the bowl flies in the air and, and literally it's like, she threw it in my face. It hit into her face, my nose and my lip, like, bam. Like, like I, I just, I've never been punched in my face yet in my life. Yeah. Well, yeah, I I like that you left room that. Yeah. Uh, And I literally, uh, I just remember being like, (laughs) (laughs) like they finished the take. I hope they actually used that take. I asked. Them I think they did. Um, and I just <sighs> thought I was gonna. I thought I. I thought I was had a concussion. Um, I also thought I was also concerned that you had that and I you had lost, I had lost a tooth, my, like bleeding. My nose, like I was bleeding. I just had busted my lip and like whatever. The the only thing that was frustrating for me is that like we're in the middle of COVID and there's so much safety protocols and there's so much concern about so many things. And I actually got hurt. And it was like crickets. It was crickets. And I feel like they told, they said cut. And I feel like they told you guys, the actors on the show, to go. Yeah, they're like, clear out, please. Clear out. Clear out. So I just was sitting on a 
soundstage by myself. Because I think the idea was that they were bringing the medic. And nobody could find ice. And actually, the funniest part of it is that <laughs> I only sat down for 20 minutes. We put ice on and then I went back out into the thing. And I kept saying, you guys, are you sure you can't tell? You sure you and we're like, tell? you look great. You look so beautiful. Lying. You look amazing. Oh like, my oh, I gosh. Tell. My lip is like the size of blowing up, blowing up, blowing up bigger the, and bigger. The, the beauty for me was how upset busy was. She was so oh upset. She I felt thought I was so going to pass bad. out. It was totally not her fault. It's just random that it happened. And well, I have to say, as we let it all go, if I had to choose between being the one who got hit in the face with a salad bowl <laughs> and being the one that hit somebody in the face with a salad bowl, I would pick getting hit in the face every single time, especially because no permanent damage happened. I didn't lose oh, no thank teeth. God. Oh, thank God. Oh my gosh. Thank goodness. But there's nothing was- worse than, than hurting somebody else. I, I yeah. did it before. <sighs> I, it's, it, I've, I've made a mistake before. It, you, it's hard to come back from that. Girl, I know. let me set you free. Set me free. Set me free of the shame. Imagine if you had to buy Renee new teeth for a wrap gift. Oh, God. Well, also, I do have to say, I, I, in retrospect, feel like my responsibility as the actor in charge of the bit was to say, hey, guys, this bowl is too heavy. No, I disagree with you. Well, somebody should have said, I should have said, like, this bowl's too heavy. Like, we shouldn't be, we should be using some other version of this. You know what accident means? Yes, I do. I know. I know. Unforeseen and unintentional happens. Unforeseen and unintentional. We have checked both of those boxes. I know. I know. Well, I would never. Oh, my God. And it's just funny. There's absolutely no way you could have seen that coming. I know. The woman that was in charge of stunts couldn't have seen that coming. I couldn't have seen it coming. And it's so fine. And and I have so much joy with the fact that there's a a take where I can tell. Got your lip. Hopefully somebody, somebody cares enough about the show to watch it and find the moment where my lip, my top lip is the size of one of my ass cheeks. I mean, (laughs) so it was, oh God, but it did. Listen, here's what I will say. Thank God. No permanent damage. It did go down. Did you work the next day or did you have a day off? I worked the next day, girl. It went down right away. That's how it went went down. That's how little it was. Okay, okay. You guys, you okay. got to watch am, Girls I'm, 5 Eva. They literally put their blood into it. We, there was <laughs> blood shed on the set of Girls 5 Eva. Um, it was it was traumatic, though, for uh, you and me. I both. <laughs> both. <laughs> both is a joke. We've told we've told this on talk. I feel like we've told this on a talk show, haven't we? I don't have this one, so it doesn't matter. Right. So... So both is a joke with us girls five Eva because Paula was at one point telling Sarah what an honor it is to sing with her every day it because was the day busy was not there because busy of strep throat. Was, yeah, busy had strep throat, so she wasn't there. We were doing, we were trying to do a performance that you know with a, with busy's body double. This is another. This is another thing for people to watch to look out for. Can you can you find? But no, let's not tell them which scene it was. No, I'm not going to. In the, which episode uh, do I have strep throat and where am I supposed to be, but I am not there? And it's, a, yeah, it is a performance, we'll say. Which performance mm-hmm. is actual busy, not there? Mm-mm. 
but uh, standing on the stage and um, I, uh, Paula and Sarah were talking and I happened to walk up on a conversation where Paula was confessing to Sarah what an honor it was. To work such a big her. fan. She was such a big fan, right? You know? <laughs> and but I Paula's so sweet. And I guess it was awkward. No, pa- Paula's just so sweet. And she goes, it's such a, she was like, Sarah, 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 it's such an honor. Sarah, Sarah. And then she looks at me and she goes, both. <laughs> <laughs> like to try to save it. Like to, try to be like, she tried. And you know what? I should have just let it away with it, but I couldn't because we knew each other. We loved each other too much by then. And Busy wasn't there to do it for me. So I said, exactly. Bo, Bo, Bo. I mean. So now every time we're doing anything or complimenting anything, we just say, both. Both. <laughs> both. Oh, God. I um, love you. Oh I love you too. So Go fun. be with your kids. I love you. I've been dreaming about being a part of this conversation since the <laughs> moment you started your podcast. I'm Listen, so here's, here's what I'm going to say. I think Renee could be a guest co-host because we to. know oh, she's got a you lot. Pick me. A Anytime. lot of opinions about you're, a lot of things. You're she can invited talk about anything. Every week. And I, know, I could truly. learn. I could learn. Every well, we, week. And we can learn from you. You yeah. always think that you could do something until you try it, right? I mean, obviously, both of you have, are naturally talented in this, but how much have you learned in your experience? So I, I would love to just kind of be a square in the Zoom and learn how, how to do Stop. this. I, She's the great Casey's face right now is so confused. She's like, there's no, you don't have to. Yeah, be I'm like, you're Just, already like you're, you're already it's already it. your podcast and we work for you. What is happening? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god. Oh my god, I love you so much. Renee, I love you to the ends of the earth. I'm so grateful that we get to be close and work together. And I do hope I, I'm not so much forward thinking, but the forward thinking that I am doing is that I really do not quit. I, I envision girls five Eva going on for a couple more years, at least so that we can continue to have just the best time. And I will never bust your lip again. <laughs> bust my balls then. I, love- I will bust your balls, but never your lip. Um, but I love you. I love you. you. Renee, thank you so much. So, so nice to see you. Bye. Bye, Go watch watch Oprah sing. Bye. Ah. Bye. (laughs) (sighs) Renee Elise Goldsberry. A dream. She's a dream. A dream. Not to make you feel terrible, busy, but I did watch the salad bowl episode, and you really, mm-hmm. you really can could tell. tell. You really can tell. Yeah, cracked in the face with a salad uh-huh, bowl. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Listen, guys, I'm not saying it didn't happen. No, <sighs> it no, and happened. you're not saying you didn't do it either. I 100 percent did it. I am the yeah. culprit, and no, but I am grateful that um, she's the sweetest, most generous, loveliest best human of all time so talented and she doesn't hate me i know but isn't that interesting like like just in the interview casey (laughs) isn't it interesting how she kept deflecting her own like ownership of her of her talent like her her 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the thing that well, I said to her. Typical. It's so typical. I know. You know. I know. It's like, but because... I think it's like when you hear it. When you hear it, like you do it yourself. Everybody does it themselves, guys. Yeah. And this mm-hmm. is what I want you to just. This is why I'm bringing this up again. You at home, while you're listening to this podcast, because you everybody does it. Almost everybody yeah. fucking does it. And if you don't do it, you're a fucking asshole. <laughs> I'm just well, kidding. that's the thing. No, but that's wow. the See, thing. See, I know right? it is the thing, right? You think that if you don't do it, you are an asshole. But I'm here to tell you, it is nice to have a conversation with a person who's like, "Yeah, I mean, I knew I had this gift, and I like went for you know. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Somebody who can like just unapologetic. You know who? You know who can? You know who is? Sarah Burroughs. Mm. Sarah Bareilles is like she that. does. Well, she does Sarah- own her talent, and like she does own her part in her. You know, she also will say like I got lucky and I had you know. But yeah, you know that what I think of the word that I think of when I think of Sarah Bareilles is mm. balance. That's mm-hmm. I think of her as a very balanced person, and I think she that's is. that's what yeah. we're all looking for when we're talking about anything. Like you need to be balanced when you're. You know, there's nothing wrong with saying like, "Hey, I'm pretty proud of." this thing that I made, like whether it's like a meatloaf that you made or uh-huh. whether it's a record album that you made it, there's nothing wrong with being like, I'm, I'm pretty pleased. I'm pretty pumped with the way that this came out and I feel good about it. And like, guys, do you like it? Like, you know, mm. there's, there's nothing wrong with it. But then when you get out of balance, um, in one way or the other, where you're like, Oh, it's nothing. It's not important. Everybody hates it. But then that's not okay. But when you go too much in the other direction where you're like yeah fucking of course it's great then you right. know yes you're an asshole so you know so it's Sarah Bareilles is very balanced and I just love I don't know I love I love Renee's perspective on everything yeah I loved working with her I love her journey and all of the pivots that it took in her yes. career what she yeah. said was so wise when she takes herself out of everything. I think she's trying not to tempt fate, you know, mm-hmm. like she was saying that whenever yeah. she's like counting her mm-hmm. blessings, mm-hmm. she's like, she's saying like, don't take this away from me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ugh. I had, you know, well, I don't even, this is too dark. I'm not even going to bring it up. I'm, I'm, not even, I'm literally not even going to bring it up because it's too, it's too dark and I don't want to do it. And it's just too dark. That's busiest version of a blind item. Like I, yeah. I'm always bringing up like a celebrity <laughs> blind item. Busy's version <laughs> of a blind <laughs> item is, you know what? Nope, too dark. Nope, too dark. Too dark. My brain is too that that part is too dark for me to mention to say out loud to you in public. I have said it out loud to other people, <laughs> but I will not say it out loud to all of you. Here are some um, hot topics. <laughs> Hot topics. Is that the view? Who says hot topics? The view says it. I think everyone says it. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's also a store for plaid pants for teenagers Mm -hmm. who are chains. I love hot topic. Yes. Okay. Here are some other things. We have the Benefer 2.0. We already talked about that. Yes. We've got is Leo unrecognizable or does he just need (laughs) you guys? That was so dumb. What is with this bullshit where it's like, you're never going to recognize this super famous person in the picture from their new. And it's like, yeah, no, it's very clearly that famous, very famous person Um, looks exactly like Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Um, Also, we never talked about the Nicole Kidman looks exactly like 
uh, Lucille Ball. And I right. think people don't know what Lucille Ball looks like because <laughs> there's reason to believe that no one knows what she really looks like. Yeah, she doesn't. Nicole Kidman is not a dead ringer for Lucille no, Ball at all. in that at all. photo. In that photo. Um, yeah. Everyone got got by a clickbaity headline that made it sound like Gwyneth Paltrow said she broke down and ate bread during quarantine, but she didn't. She said she drank and ate a lot and went off the rails, which basically all of us could say, including me, and she sells vagina rocks. But we desperately need media literacy. Busy's just <laughs> reading my notes. <laughs> that makes me laugh so hard um, because the truth is I fucking hate that shit. It's like these clickbait headline bullshit things of like Gwyneth Paltrow went off the rails during COVID. It's like, okay, guys. Gwyneth Paltrow just said conversationally that like she was drinking, she was drinking every night during lockdown and she ate a lot of pasta and bread. And then the guardian like said, like spun it. Like she said that her lowest moment is that she ate bread during quarantine. And they made that like a headline. Like she said, like, my right. lowest moment. And then people were like, oh, fuck Gwyneth Paltrow. But that's not what she said. She just said like a thing like that we all would say, you know? Right. And like, I know that there's a lot of things that you can say about Gwyneth Paltrow, which I was saying in my notes about the podcast, I was saying like, she sells vagina rocks. Like if you want to talk mm-hmm. about Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina rocks, we can talk about that. But, um, you know, her talking about drinking every night during quarantine and eating a lot of bread and pasta, we could all say that, you know, that you right. can't. You can't like knock her for that. Like, if you want to talk about the fact that what she was drinking every night was quinoa whiskey, if you want to like have a laugh at that, go ahead. Like, you know, like, okay. But don't get all also, like riled up because she didn't say her lowest moment was that she broke down and ate bread. She didn't say that. Um, right. Also, like the whole off the rails thing. Like, if that, if, Drinking and eating bread is off the rail, like off the rails. I think she did, no she did say off the rails, but I think she said it like colloquially, like we would, say, like right. I would say, like I ate a whole pizza, I'm off the rails. Like, you know what I mean? Like it was that conversational. Is a Tuesday. Yeah, like a normal, you know, and it's just like, oh, we have bigger fish to fry, folks. Yeah. Um, I fully fucking agree. Also, um, I like just never understand why anything is trending ever. I mean, look, there's Twitter trending topics. There's like 10 of them, Mm -hmm. right? There's Mm -hmm. 10 holes and they need to be filled, whether there's 10 things going on or not. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. if there's like 20 things going on, then, you know, only 10 of them make it. And if there's only five things going on, Twitter's going to like dig down and find five other things from like history or five things that are made up or five things that aren't important. And you know, those 10 holes are always going to get filled. Yep. So like, it's kind of on us. We need media literacy. We it's kind need, of on us to like read this literacy. and be like, Oh, Gwyneth Paltrow didn't really say this. Really? Yeah. Here. Right. I do. I do love um, that. NBC is like, fuck you. Golden Globes. Bye. Oh yeah, that was interesting. I love it. And Tom Cruise mm-hmm. gave back his Golden Globes, which he is gave kind of, them back. Yeah, which is kind of interesting that he's protesting hmm. something. Hmm. But it is interesting, I have to say. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. Huh. Hmm. Hmm. 
<laughs> um, dudes, I have a Golden Globe in my house. It's Michelle's. Mm-hmm. Should I give it back? Yeah, give it back <laughs> to Michelle. <laughs> Here, Michelle. <laughs> Just wondering, just wondering how you feel about that. Elton John's trending. Well, okay. Seems nice that he's trending. He's getting an award. Guys, I don't know. I don't know what any of this shit is or what it okay. what it means. Congratulations, well, Harry. We probably shouldn't talk about it unless we know what it's about. Oh, is this what you were talking about? Is this what I you meant? <laughs> is this what you meant about this, internet is this, literacy? <laughs> Casey, come on. This is the busy version of clickbait. I can't. Oh, you know what? We we saw In the Heights. We got to go to a movie theater. Was it exciting? Well, first of all, it was, I say we got to go to a movie theater, but because, you know. Yeah. Celebrity. Yeah. Or whatever. It was like a screening. I've been to a private screening room. I know, but I'm just saying. I'm saying like it, you know. They were like offered they're like would you like a private screening room to see in the heights and i thought it would Mm -hmm. be really fun for my family to go to the private to a private screening room in a movie theater in scottsdale and Mm -hmm. we saw in the heights and it was really exciting and eat movie movie popcorn which like is the best kind of popcorn although yeah wrecks my stomach i have to say everything that i eat in arizona every time i go to arizona i'm diarrhea for four days straight yeah. You know what? It's Arizona. Every, everywhere you've ever lived, I feel like, is like a real diarrhea factory. Not here. I'm okay well, in New York. New York's so not well, yeah. So far. But Chicago and well, Chicago. Arizona. When have I had diarrhea in Chicago? All the food in Chicago is made for diarrhea. But but me specifically. Let's talk I'm about not that. Saying well, you I'm were just saying a baby. Yeah. <sighs> they probably weren't feeding you deep dish and hot Guys, dogs. Um, oh. They probably were. You don't know my parents. <laughs> yeah, I actually was Casey. Come it's on. No, Casey does know ate. her parents and she's <laughs> yes, now. Yes, you do. That's probably all we ate. Bratwurst um, and coleslaw and potato salad is all we ate. And well, casserole. There was, it was tricky. Um, but going to a, going a movie theater. Into a movie oh. theater was so weird and surreal almost like having that party at our house but also like tbh i was like it's i was still uncomfortable even like still (laughs) uncomfortable yeah i was i really was because i kept thinking i kept putting my mask on and mark's like why do you keep putting your mask back up and i was like because like circulated air is the movie theater closed completely like there's other people here i don't oh i don't like this i just don't like it I don't like it. I don't like it. It just made me uncomfortable. I believe, but I, liked, I believe that the policy of the of the specific theater chain that we went to is that you keep your mask on in the theater. Mm-hmm. But because we were in a, it was only us in there. Well, they said that we could take it off. One of the guys that was there that was like this, like security to make sure we weren't like recording the movie, like fully had his mask off, and he mm-hmm. and I just was oh. like, I can't. And then I felt uncomfortable. <sighs> It's just going to take a while to get, or maybe you'll never, maybe we'll never get used to having masks off. Who knows? Who Mm. knows? But what the movie was good. I didn't know the musical. I just was like, I liked seeing a musical and the, everybody in it Mm. is so good. I never got to see the musical when it was in New York, but I was a huge fan of the commercial. I I mean, it's a little bit weird (laughs) 
be knowing Hamilton. Yeah. Because you're mm-hmm. kind of like the rhyming schematics are yeah. very similar. Yeah. And yes. so since I know Hamilton so well, obviously, because my children and I was a big fan, like it does feel a little bit like sometimes I'm like, Alexander Hamilton, but yeah. in the mm-hmm. Heights, like, like it yeah. was like a little bit tricky for me to like get my head around that and then it's hard to not compare the two right you know what I'm saying right yes but I will well, say that everyone in the cast was incredible yeah Phenomenal. and the songs were fun and like it was like fun to watch and fun to be in a movie yeah. theater and I like yeah. enjoyed it yes yes it was enjoyable I well, do I have some wait. howevers, but yes. Oh, you have howevers? Well, that was, the, I gave you my however. Oh, however, okay. like however. knowing Hamilton as well as I do, I was a little bit like, sometimes I'm like waiting for him to break into Hamilton. Gotcha. Well, I can't wait to see it with twin Manuel Miranda. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else, guys? Should we let you go? Let's let you go. Let's let you get okay. on with your week. Let's let you get on with your fold in your fucking laundry. <laughs> Whatever yep. else you're doing right that now. That is absolutely it. I just have like, you know, I want to say this, guys. The world is coming back in a way. It definitely feels weird. It's hard to know how to proceed. You have to remember to tell people that there's food downstairs. That's all. That's all I want to say. And you have to do what feels right, but also check what time it is if you're at someone's house. Yeah. And, and maybe leave before it gets too late. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's okay not to go as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's okay not to go. If you're not ready. If you're not yeah. ready. Some people aren't ready. And I understand that. And some people are like, what are you talking about? I've been going to parties. And I've never stopped. The entire time. And yeah. honestly, and honestly, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, fuck you. <laughs> Glad yeah. you're still alive. Fuck but, you. Yeah. But also, yeah. But fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I had a boyfriend who, uh, his impression of me was, fuck you. No, you know what? <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> That's a good impression of yourself. It's not bad. Yeah, thank you. It's not bad. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. You know what I can really nail? An impression of myself. Of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> also, fuck that ex-boyfriend. All right, guys. I love you. We love you so I love much. You. Uh, I, I love you, Busy. A- it was great to see you. Oh, I love you, Liam. Thanks for helping me with the big surprise. Aww. Yeah, thank you. It was so nice to see you. <sighs> it was really nice. It was really great. And and it was great to see you. It was it was so it had been too long. Yeah. <laughs> it had been it had been too long. <laughs> you guys, what a fucking wild, wild journey this has all been. But we're here. We gotta figure out a new way to be moving forward. Oh, I got to call the pediatrician and see. When do we find out about these vaccines, guys, for the kids? Oh, as soon as Thursday. <sighs> I, I, evidently, from what I understand, is the first day that they can get their Birdie's like, like give it to me. And I was I <laughs> yeah. was joking. And I was like, hey, Bird, do you remember when you ran from the, like, <laughs> the doctor's room we were in? Ran out. 
right. and oh hid God. in another like room, examination room, under a desk and like behind a chair so that you didn't have to get a shot. Oh my and Birdie God. was like, fuck you, mom. This is different. I want the vaccine. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, impression of Birdie was also good though, just stuff like Yeah, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. <sighs> Birdie was well, so cute to our parents. They sat down and learned how to do crochet, crochet. with my mom, uh, even though my mom with- couldn't really teach them because she's my mom left-handed. is left-handed. And so it was So she just, does everything backwards. So it was just like literally like a, an hour and a half exercise in futility. Yeah. But it was cute. But they were so sweet the whole time. They mm-hmm. would let Grammy explain and, and you know, it was just sweet. that They really had nice. this one-on-one time together. It was really, really nice. Mm-hmm. I know I'm not going to hear the end of it for a long time. No. Well, guys, thus concludes another episode of Busy Phillips is doing her best. If you have enjoyed your time here, I really encourage you to like it and subscribe and download. Is this a callback to the beginning? Maybe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But also, Mm -hmm. maybe I hate that voice and I have to (laughs) retire it forever. Um, Guys... I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do it. Anyway, <laughs> I love you. I'll see you love later. You. Guys, Bye. don't fuck it up this week. Bye. Bye. Oh, no.